You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. So before we get started with this episode, i got to lay something out. And it's taken a while to get it out because we've actually recorded this episode several times in different formats on different subject matters. But we wanted episode 50 to be special at the end of the day. And our attempts to go live, our attempts to do all kind of other things has ultimately failed. So Jay and I had the idea that we were going to talk about something that's near and dear to our heart, and that is the Carolina Marsh Tacky Horse. Um, and Jay and I are both members of the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association. So we asked our buddies, Mr. Mark Hudson and Colin Drew of the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association, to sit down with us and honestly just have a good time. And that is essentially what this show is, is four friends having a good time. Mark does drop off uh, due to a signal problem, but for the remainder of the show, it is me, Jade, and Colin. Now, we are all over the map. It's behind the horse's eyes, folks. You know we go down rabbit holes here, and we go down quite a few on this episode. But it was meant to be a fun episode. This was kind of a party for us. This was our 50th episode. We have a little bit of an audio issue. There's a little bit of robotic voice going on, but it was something that we really couldn't help with the circumstances that we had. And our boy, Mr. J. Rains, tried his best, honestly, to make chicken salad out of chicken poop. We do go off the rails quite a bit. A lot of it was actually edited out. Uh, if you want to hear the unedited version of this podcast, you can head on over to our Patreon, and that's patreon.com forward slash Chastain uh, to get a listen to that. But without any further ado, here's a handful of ads because we got to pay the bills around this joint to keep the whole wagon together. And then on with the show. Jay, do you like to read? Man, I love to read. Where do you have time to read? I do not. That's a problem. Have you ever heard of Audible? I have not. Audible, absolutely phenomenal. Let me tell you about Audible. Audible has all the New York Times bestsellers, the classics. They have hundreds of thousands of books all on audio. I listen to Audible when I'm in the barn, when I'm on horseback, even when I'm at work. And they have a special treat for our listeners. If you head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash J Ryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on us. We're going to give them a free audiobook. And even if they cancel their subscription before they get charged, they're still going to be able to keep that audiobook. But if you keep that subscription, you're going to earn points every month. And it's enough points every month for you to get a free book. Listen, I haven't bought a book from Audible in forever because I just turn in my points every month and get another book to listen to. How does that sound, Jane? Sounds pretty good. I'm going to have to give it a try. Give it a try. Head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash J Ryan and claim your free audio book today. You have nothing to lose. And if you cancel that subscription again, you get to keep the free book. If you didn't know it, Jade and I have a Patreon, and you can find it by heading on over to www.patreon.com forward slash J Ryan Chastain. There's going to be a link to it down into the show notes, and it's one of the easiest ways that you can support the show. We're going to start doing a whole lot more there. We're going to realign all the membership tiers and everything. There's going to be some new offers there. 
And we're going to kick back up the super secret podcast that we were doing in the past. Again, we're wanting to do a whole lot more for our patrons, and we're trying to bring in new patrons because, like any show, we do need your support to keep this wagon rolling downhill. So if you like the show and you want to help out, also get some exclusive content, again, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Chastain and sign up for one of the tiers today. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right. We actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store, and you can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store. From there, we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store are, is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Aaron as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses, for crying out loud. That's funky. So, but, for those who don't know, this is Behind the Horse's Eyes, and uh, this is episode 50, the big 5-0. 5-0.3. 50.3. We have tried to record this episode so many daggum times. Uh, we tried a live episode. Uh, the mics were so hot, we sounded like Johnny Five on heroin. Um, and then we 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 had Jesse Reuter come on, and it was a beautiful episode on a passion project of hers about a racehorse did that. This whole video episode that she does. And her file was corrupted, and there was nothing we could salvage other than if you just want to hear me and Jade ask her questions, and then us go, hmm, that's interesting, wow, that's awesome, because that's all you would have got. Um, but me and Jade, while we were doing our live episode it didn't work out, we got to talking about tackies, and for those that don't know, Jade and I both are members of the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association, and so we figured that, you know what? Episode 50 should be something that we are passionate about, so we called up two of our uh bestest tacky bros and we got mr mark hudson and mr colin drew i can't say colin is just a member though because your face is on the website and that's not fair mark's face is on the website oh that's right mark's face is on the website we're we're both they're both boards oh god trying to hang mark out to dry over here i forgot mark was a board member i'm sorry mark Mark's not listening. Mark is on his way to Tractor Supply right now. <laughs> We're going to get a tour later. Yeah, yeah. we'll get a tour of Tractor We're Supply. We're all the new goodies at the Tractor Supply. I told him he better go down. The, well, we already said he better go down the clearance aisle and then the, re, the the small engine returns because, you know, how many people buy a log splitter, they use it once, and then, then they, you know, they they put gas in the oil and go, well, it's mixing something wrong with it. It's got a broke ring or something. It's smoking. I need a log splitter. I would. I would use one year round if I had one here. I I would too. Cause I if I use it for cooking wood in summer, and then I use it to, as a alternate of heating in the house in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I I think there's a lot of toys like that we would all probably use a I, lot. I mean, what dude doesn't want to put a hunk of oak in a machine and watch it get ripped apart? I mean, there's a, I can 
put a log splitter to use. I mean, I don't know if Jade remembers, but a while back he he was talking to me. I was like, I've been working all day trying to cut up this pecan tree that fell down and get wood stacked. I stopped by your house that day and you were out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm still working on that, cleaning that pecan tree up. It's a big old pecan tree. Hold on. If you got a pecan tree, you need to be saving that for cooking a hog or something. I am. I've got it all nice and split and stacked and wet and drying out under the covered lean to. That's right. If, if, our listeners, if our listeners hadn't figured us out that we're from the South, they just did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. So, Colin, what is what is your role? We'll get to Mark when Mark gets back. Mark had to Mark had to step away, and that's no biggie. This is episode fifty. This is more for me and Jade than it is anything. And so, what is your role in the Marsh Tacky Association? What do you so, do there? So, I am on the board of directors. I am over uh, merchandise and marketing. I handle all of our merchandise that we sell at the events we go to that help us raise money to put towards uh, conservation efforts and things of that nature towards helping these horses out, trying to get them off this the endangered species list, critically endangered list. Um, and I help with about anything that's related to graphics or marketing. I am right there in the midst of it and all the events and everything else, committees for pigs and pearls and all the other things that we work on all throughout the season. I have a list of projects a mile long right now. <laughs> I know, I know you were involved with the the changing of the logo and like and just just a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, and I love the fact that you just said um, trying to get them off the uh, the endangered list. I cannot wait for the day and I hope it's in my lifetime that the livestock conservancy goes, by the way, here here's your horse. you can have it now. Yeah. Like, like, wouldn't that be awesome? I, 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 everything I do, I tell people all the time, like, because everybody's like, man, you're always like, I saw a lot. The, the, the Marsh Tacky stuff takes a large chunk of my time. And I tell them all the time, like, it's all about the horse, like, first and trying to, my number one goal is to get them to be able to look in whatever system you want to look at and be able to not see critically endangered beside the Carolina Marsh Tacky horse. Yeah. And well, and that was one of the reasons why, and I'm sure that was one of the reasons why Jade got involved with the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association. Um, and it was definitely one of the reasons why um, I got, wanted to get involved because I've, I've told the story of the Marsh Tacky so much. And like my audience, whenever I do anything Marsh Tacky, people just eat it up. And Miranda, of all people, started following me. And I got the invite from Miranda. And she goes, listen, we do this fundraiser every year. I think you'll like it. You'll come out. And then I realized that was just a ploy to get me intoxicated and separate me from my money, which I'm okay with. Uh, I'm cool with that. And it's been awesome to say that, hey, I'm a member of the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association, even though I am tacky-less right now. Um, but I got to fix that. Yeah, I mean, we can uh, we can definitely find you something. Well, uh, Jade found me a great, found me the perfect horse, and it just at the time it just did not align, and it breaks my heart every day. A uh, a nice black stallion that was gonna ha- unfortunately have to be gelded, but you know I've already told that story a hundred times. Ah, <laughs> I, I don't think I I don't know if I heard about. Well, I might know what horse you're talking about. 
Uh, it was a surrendered horse. Uh, and that was the deal. I think it was due to the county, wasn't it? That the county required that it had to yeah. be gelded. It, it was it was surrendered to the county because it kept getting out. <clears throat> oh wow! Yeah, kept kept getting out. It was it was a Louther horse. Um, yep. down close to 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 his farm. Um, and I I had a bunch of people in the association was like, don't worry about it. I know since it was surrendered, you'll never get a registration or anything, but. Uh, you know, we can get it registered as just unknown, you know, Lowther stock. And I was like, I was stoked for it. Like, homie was going to have a name. He was going to be, uh, he's going to be Dr. Buzzard. And he was going to be Lowther's uh, Dr. Buzzard. Some, with, with, with that name, did we know some parentage on him? Is that why, is that where that comes from? No, Dr. Buzzard comes from the, the, uh, legend of the Gullah. Uh, medicine man. Okay, because the reason I ask because that Lowther had a very nice gruel stallion named Buzzard Boy. Uh, that uh, if you find one of those those babies, you have Mark's got a, a collection of them. But those babies are quite quite nice horses. We we think that my gelding is a Buzzard Boy baby. Yeah, because he oh yeah he come from over there, didn't he? Yep. Yep, all of mine, all of mine, uh, minus this most recent, are Lowther stock horses. Yeah, I would, I would, I would be willing to bet he's he's got to be the Gruel or Buzzer Boy or uh, with that crazy mane he's got, I'd even be put some stock in possibly Hershey. That, that's that's what we've narrowed it down to is is Buzzer Boy or Hershey, one of the two. Yeah, but. And, Dang, and that boy. is like the crazy thing, you know, even though there's such a small number uh, of these guys floating around out there, is that the, the the gene pool you would think would be really shallow, but there are some really, really good stallions out there that can keep things fresh. And that blows a lot of folks' mind when you bring up, oh, yeah, there's like seven or 800 of these horses, and they're like, wait, five. what? <laughs> oh, five, yeah, well, yeah, five. 500. <laughs> um, and there's some really, really good stallions. There's still there's some, some really good, good stallions on the way up. Yeah, yeah, and there's still some oh, yeah. good distinct lineages. You just yes. got to hunt to find very, them. Yeah, very much so. The, and, no, go ahead, Kyla. And uh, I was just gonna say, and the um, what what the most exciting part of me about it is like there's a good group of young stallions that have almost every bloodline covered that are coming up like um travis mcknight he's up next king street area up here next to me he's got a son of shrimp boy out of a buzzard boy mare which is extremely like rare diverse like it adds some really nice diversity to the to the gene pool for us i'm keeping a close eye on that one myself oh he's he's quite nice i i saw him he's jet black and they call him dragoon Ooh, I like yeah. it. Yeah, the you know, and that's something too that is shocking to me about now. Uh, you know, having this whole group of Marsh Tacky folks that I socialize with and everything, and I get to be included with, uh, which is first of all an honor, um, and, and two, it's to me, it's you know, it's a privilege. But one thing I have noticed, you know, because of the low numbers, it's almost like you get to. 
you know, you have a foundation there, but you almost get to 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 write what are these lines going to be like. You know what I mean? You can almost get a blank slate to know this is what we want the horse to be. This is what the horse needs to be. It, it's not washed out where there's a thousand different lines of everything. You know what you got, and you've got a handful of really good stallions, and we almost get to rebuild this horse. And to me, that's the amazing thing about all of this. Yep. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that, um, you know, there's so... You know, that was a, me and Jade come from similar backgrounds before we got into the tackies and, um, which is a long, crazy story, um, for me, but, uh, that was kind of my big thing about getting involved with these horses was just something to make a difference. And like, it's the, it's the story of how I got involved with these Marsh tackies is very, uh, comedic and very long and drawn out but it's pretty what's what's the cliff notes version of that uh cliff notes version was i grew up uh i grew up with tennessee walking horses wow you like lame horses too like jade i don't like lame horses (laughs) i grew up my my family grew up my family had them showed them does all that my brother is still a performance tennessee walking horse um owner page page Paige Stevens is seething right now hearing that, <laughs> by the way. Um, but I had, I had no love for the Tennessee walk. I mean, I love I don't the Tennessee mind, walking horse. Uh, yeah, I don't. Read, I, but I don't have no, I don't have the love for, I was always into the cowboy, cowboy stuff, rodeo stuff, the, yeah. you know, working, working stuff, things to, to me, things that mattered. Um, and I just, I don't know, just, you could catch me at the, you know, over at the versatility arena rather than sitting there watching whatever and watching uh, padded performance horses yeah pretty much yeah yeah i get that that organ music though organ music yeah like listen even tennessee walker folks say that that's annoying (laughs) yeah yeah and so but anyway so for years i helped my brother run a uh a breeding program for walking horses and eventually i just just one thing a couple things happened and i was like i'm i'm not doing this anymore and i want to i want to get a marsh tag i want to have been looking at them and knew about them since like 2012-101 and so i reached out to david grant and asked him if he knew if anyone would want a gelding for sale or something because i really wanted to geld my geld my walking horse gelding that i've had since he was a two-year-old stallion was uh 22 it had just turned 22 at the time he was starting to slow down and he matter of fact we just had to put him down in the last month um i'm sorry yeah it was uh it was rough we we had him we had him since he was a two-year-old stallion and we we were me and my brothers were showing him as a two-year-old stallion and my dad parents knew no different no what that there was an issue that (laughs) there were juveniles riding a two-year-old (laughs) <laughs> um, stallion at, at these local shows and somebody said, finally said something and so we ended up gelding him but man we all three learned to ride on him and um, he was a great horse but um, anyway I reached out David Grant lit- sees my message literally te- just sends me a, te- a message back on Facebook it says call me with his phone number two hours later I've gotten off the phone with this man he tells 
has now tried to explain to me that he thinks I'm a prime candidate to start a breeding program for marsh tackies, not just buy a gelding. And he's like, but I'm going to have a young friend of mine who um, is very uh, involved with the association and everything give you a call as well. And about 30 minutes later, my phone rings, and Shannon Hawkins is on the other end of the line. And two hours later, I got off the phone with him <laughs> and with the same – I think you're a great candidate. We have to run I, a breeding program. Hold on, hold on. I think me and you had the same conversation at, at, at years apart, but with Shannon, because I had yeah. the same conversation with Shannon about six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it's crazy. And so, I we looked for me and Marsh Tacky for six months, and I wanted a gelding, wanted a broke gelding. I ended up buying a six-month-old weanling filly. That was when I say a baby deer on steroids. This I picked this thing up in Beaufort, put her in a trailer, and she beat the walls out of that trailer from Beaufort all the way to Conway, right out of the beach. I mean, this thing was buck wild. So I get off the phone with Shannon. Or I don't get. I get on the phone with Shannon. And Shannon's like, I tell you what, you need to do. I know exactly what you need to do. You need to come down here, and I tell you what, you pick out a mare. And we'll just let Bird breed it, and that'll be your baby. And if you don't like that, just come pick one of the babies around here. And I'm like, I don't really want a baby, but, you know, I, the kids might like that, you know. And then all of a sudden, this man's that got me talked into buying a weanling, and I'm like, what am I going to do with a weanling? So, I didn't even get that treatment. Oh, I got that treatment. Shannon Hawkins told me that just pick a mare, and he'd let Bird breed it. See, so, so, you know, we went and brought that little baby back, you know, last week early yeah. last week and when lee and myself got that baby loaded into my trailer you know we had to run him up a chute to get him up into the trailer because he hadn't been handled and uh <laughs> as as we were pulling away that little horse was doing exactly what you're talking about colin in the back of that trailer and the first words out of my wife was i feel like we made a big mistake my i swear when I, my whole family said the same thing when they when I pulled in the driveway and they heard that like the the whole little two horse trailer just boom boom boom, boom like sounded like I had a gorilla in the back of that thing. Yeah. My whole family is standing outside going, "What have you gotten yourself into?" Yeah, yeah. Selena, I got a tacky. Selena looked me dead in the eye as, as that little baby was kicking or whatever he was doing back there. I don't know, and just said, "I think we made a big mistake." And I said, just just give him time. Now, but I'm going to tell you something. I have never seen, and this this just goes to the breed. They're a smart horse. They have a good demeanor. Th this baby in a week's time has gone from unhandled, rocking my trailer back and forth on the way home from South Carolina, to I was picking all four feet out with a hoof pick this morning in eight days. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy how quick they come around like that. That my that filly I picked up that first marsh tacky I bought Stella. Um, she was the same way. Within within a week, I was I mean loving all over. She was eating it up. But then I had the exact opposite experience with my my stud colt. He was <laughs> he was a yearling unhandled, untouched yearling. And I backed up, thought I was going to have to load him like a cow, backed up to the chute, opened the back door of the trailer, and he casually just walked on the trailer and started sniffing around in the trailer, and I closed the door behind him. 
when I got home, he would not unload off the trailer. He didn't move while he was on the trailer. He did, he stood on the trailer for three hours before I could ever get him off of it when I got him home. Well, and well, that's no. Go ahead, Jay. Well, I, well, I was just gonna say, you know, and. In the case of my horse, you know, I can't speak for, for everybody else's. But but in the case of mine, it just goes to show what spending 10 minutes a day, I go out there, you know, the, the first three days were sketchy. You know, I'd go out, walk into the round pen, and he's banging into the other side. He bent one of the panels to my round pen, you know, that, that first few days. But after day two or day three, when I got that first touch on his nose, the light went off in his head. Hey, this guy's all right. And just He's ten minutes food. a day, we're, we're 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 we went from three days of him not letting me touch him. He finally let me touch him. We're leading on the next day. You know, he's walking up to me. I can put a halter on him. I can leave a halter off of him whenever I'm, you know, whenever I'm done. He's just such a smart little horse. Well, it's really a testament to the breed. And, again, it's another one of those things. Because they are critically endangered, they haven't had, you know, the the disparity of being bred for things like color or being, you know, bred for whatever was popular, whatever the popular build was at the time. And this and the other, like we see with quarter horses and Appaloosas and and you name it, like they haven't gone through. Let's 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 turn them all into blue roans, or let's turn them all into peacocks, and and or let's turn them all into, you know, beer barrels on toothpicks. You know, they haven't gone through that, and and that's the amazing thing about these horses. And the thing you know, is, is, is that they, with these horses, that's easy to want to do because of the duns and grulas well, that are prevalent. But they in the are breed. the yeah, well, but to their and if folks hadn't picked up on it, what the Marsh Tacky is is they are descendants, very close descendants of colonial Spanish horses. Their cousins are the Cracker, the Banker, you know, Ashinkatig, Cumberland Island. Those, those are their cousins. And the the thing about these these little guys is, and I say little guys because I mean they're they're compact horse. They're ponies by nature. There's they're ponies. There's some that are bigger. There's some that are smaller. But the the average tacky is a pony. Um, but they are. If you told a child to draw a picture of a horse, or to pick a horse out of a book, it's almost the silhouette is a tacky. Like they are just so put together, quintessential horse like. It is nuts. They are the this. It, it is crazy. Like when you look at other breeds and everything else and you look at how they've evolved now granted most horse breeds are definitely impacted by performance the marsh tacky is not and the marsh tacky is that, what it is the marsh tacky is what it is um and it doesn't mean that it's not performance incline because they're tacky's uh ginger hip i will call you by name you know she's out there getting ready to do endurance on a tacky um, they're beautiful movers. There's no reason why they couldn't do dressage. Um, they can jump. Some people doing a little bit of stat stuff with with the, the tackies right now. I mean, oh, yeah. Ginger did a Ginger already did a fifty. She just did a fifty miler with Honey, her Marsh tacky this year. There you go. And then Miranda is has been working um, Parker and Fly 
on some dressage stuff, and I think Emily's going to do some dressage stuff on Parker in the next year. Yep. My my neighbor's okay. a third re- level dressage rider, and and uh, she's been riding my go- gelding three days a week. Hell yeah, Mark! Did you make it back, buddy? We're we're still waiting on Mark. Mark. I think he's clicking in and out. I don't think he's his his thing's not flashing recording either. So he's oh, well. trying. Well, he's trying he's though. Trying. He'll be there. Mark, Mark will come through. I know Mark will come through. We got to get that. We got to get that tractor supply tour. Listen, He's the only one without the big complicated setup. Yeah. No lie. Like, <laughs> and I will tell you this about Mark. Me and Mark, me and me and I'm pretty sure me and Mark were in the sauce. But me and Mark talked like three hours about history and horses one night. And then like, and it was nuts. And like, we are very similar. And that was scary because I was like, I think I have, I think I've met my, my soul person. And it just happens to be a dude named Mark in Virginia. So, so let, let me tell you a story yeah. about, about Mark. You'll get a kick out of this. So rode to the horse this past year. Um, he was volunteering and, and was there all weekend. So he was setting up round pins and, you know, helping the clinicians as, as they go along. And, uh, I had gone over there on Thursday because that's their, their free day. And, uh, Mark and I never could get our paths to cross. You know, he was busy. I had the kids, all that good stuff. Friday at about one o'clock, I get a phone call from Mark and, uh, he says, I need a little bit of help if you can, can offer it. So whatever it is you need, man, if I can do it, I will. And he goes, he goes, so, uh, what, what, uh, who's the whiskey sponsor that rode to the horse? Pendleton. Wood, yeah, is it Pendleton? Yeah, No, I thought it was Woodford. No, no, it it was, it was Pendleton. And, uh, he said, so the folks had it in their heads that, you know, that for the, that winning that whoever wins the first round, one of their prizes are going to be Pendleton. But he said the the Pendleton people are up there giving out free samples, and oh my, they gave all of it out. We don't have any to give to them. Can you find some? <laughs> Man, I checked. I, I, I checked every liquor store high and low that I could think of, and I could not find it. And I called him back, and he said, "Well, it, it is what it is." But just it, it just it cracked me up because Pendleton ran out of their own whiskey at Road to the Horse. At Road to the Horse of all, like right. I, I feel like that's a box that gets checked. Like this bottle is for the winner of the first round. Like, it, it, that, that's like a, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, so did they not set a bottle back that morning, or what? It couldn't have been a know. it couldn't have been a special edition bottle. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> So can can I be the guy and like I'm sorry I'm sorry Pendleton as he has a bottle sitting over his shoulder I do have a bottle of Pendleton notice that it is basically full um <laughs> he he only hits that when just, he's already been drinking yeah it's just Pendleton tastes like really cheap Canadian whiskey let me let me put if you haven't tried it already let me let me put you on something Ryan because regular Pendleton is all right it's not my first choice i love pendleton but it's not my first choice but pendleton rye is that's a wrap 
you Pendleton Rye, if I find it in the stores, it's over. I'm buying it. That's what I'm buying, and that's we're about to have a night. The, see, that's <laughs> that is that is me with Buffalo Trace. Um, what oh, you gotta be basic. What you're not seeing, what? Well, I listen. I'm a I'm a cheap day. I like four roses. Too, hey, but I got a uh, bottle right there, literally sitting over my shoulder. We can't see it. You got your roses. camera turned off. Yeah, well, my bandwidth, my bandwidth is low. I'm trying to make sure we don't have no glitches. <laughs> listen, it takes two hamsters to keep that to keep that router going, and one of them is having an aneurysm right now. One of them's already been in the bottle of four roses. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll say upstairs, I have two <laughs> bottles of the. Uh, Woodford Reserve Secretariat Special Editions, and they are earmarked for two of the three people in this podcast, and it's I, not me. I was, I was going, say, one I of was going to ask. I was going to ask because me and old Ryan right here publicly published that we were going to fight each other in a Waffle House parking lot for one of those if we needed to. And I believe we went as far as saying we will. We went as far as saying we were going to roll in the rocks and shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but see, I, what here's what you don't know, Colin, is uh, I actually found a hat to fit that, that melon head that Mr. J. Reigns has. I've got a head like a five-gallon bucket, and I can't help it. Well, he see, does. And so see. I gave my man a black Stetson. No, no, no. I gave my man a black Stetson, so my man owes me a bottle of Woodford. Well, you see, you found him a, a, a hat to fit his big melon, and when he was in that search for a hat to fit his big melon, I asked him, he was asking me, you know, what hat I wore and everything. And so I just casually asked him, well, what uh, what size hat do you wear? And I believe he said a 7 and 5 eighths, <laughs> something like that. The biggest he, size any well, hat maker makes. Right. Well, so that just happens to be the size hat that I also wear. So. There is no way you have got a <laughs> noggin like this. Man. I swear, I can go get I can go get the resist all out of the truck right now. So, so this hat, this particular Stetson. Uh, is a what about a twenty-five-year-old Stetson? It's a two thousand box with its original box. Its original paperwork and even the warranty card is in there, and the free bolo that you got when you bought the hat. Uh, that's how long ago that was. And uh, so Jade got that. The funny thing, the funny story about this is this hat has been on consignment for a year, and everybody that came into the Western shop, they said it was all too big for them. Man, you better go out it and find it because my my black Stetson that I own in a seven and five eighths is the exact same situation. I walked in a Western store and they had it was a two thousand and six Houston Rodeo special edition black Stetson, and I got it for a hundred bucks because nobody else and it was a, like a eight X, but nobody else could fit it, so I got it for a hundred bucks and I sent it to my boy Daniel at Herb's Hat Shop in San Antonio, Texas, and he got the crease on it and everything right for me and sent it back. <laughs> you know, y'all are making me. You know, I need to shoot a good text out to my girl Cheyenne over at Saratelli. I'm a Saratelli man. I've always worn Saratelli. I need to try Saratelli. Saratelli is a great sponsor. Well, they're not really a sponsor, but they're a great partner uh, of ours. They they keep me in a hat. Uh, pretty much anytime I ask for a hat, I'm like. Cheyenne need a hat for this, and they're like, she'll send me what she's got in the showroom, and I'll just go that one, and it's in the mail. Um, but there's a caveat to that, and that's because I wear a seven, and everything in their showroom for demo is a seven, so I can get it right off the shelf. I don't have the right. right. 
uh, you know, or especially if it's something that's like it's going out, like they're not going to carry anymore, they're not going to make anymore. You know, it's sitting there, so they don't want to show it off. She's like, "You like this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I love that." No, cool, it's in the mail. <laughs> um, Man, that's I need that hookup. <laughs> so, so I, I but, so uh, I took that Stetson yesterday to my hatter to get it shaped because it was still it's the the you know the flat brim and uh i took it in there and and he he lost his shit you know he's like this is an awesome old hat and then we started pulling the old receipt out and he was like this is this is awesome and uh it's a 4x which he looked at it and uh you know he said in 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 nowadays terms at this moment he said it's 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 about an you know an 8x because he pulled a skyline off of his rack a new one and and we felt of him and he was like this is a better grade felt than this skyline yeah and here's the thing about x for those that don't know and i know this episode is supposed to be about tackies we'll get back to tackies but when you're looking at a hat Feel the hat. Feel the quality of the felt because the X doesn't really mean there's no universal X rating. Right. I mean, my, like, my straw had a 20X rating on it. I'm like, this is a straw. Like, what is Yeah, this? I know. Like, I've got <laughs> my, yeah, my Rodeo King straw right here behind me is like a 25X. And I'm like, it is burlap and, and, and shantung or whatever the other is. And I'm like, yeah, how does that kind of have a 25 X. Now my my Saratelli, my nice show Saratelli, is a twenty X Saratelli, uh, dark belly. It's like a silver belly, but with a, a hint of of smoke. Is that the one with the round? Me. Not the crease. No, but the, what you wore to the pigs and pearls? Is that the one with the bound brim on it? No, the one with the bound brim is actually a five X or a six X Saratelli. I've never owned. Um, that was something new that Cheyenne just wanted me to try. She showed me a picture of the hat, and I, I really liked it. And she goes, hey, what do you think about this? It's got a bound edge. I don't know if you're a bound edge guy. And I was like, I've never really owned that. And uh, she sent it to me, and I tried it on. It's super comfy. Um, and I fell in love with that hat. I like that it's a shorter brim with a short crown. And uh, uh, the hat fits me. Um, it's, you know, look-wise, really good. Um, I don't like that hat as much as I do my dark belly. I love my dark belly. Uh, but I actually bought my dark belly, and I wish I had met Miss Cheyenne just about three months earlier. Uh, but the only reason I met Cheyenne is because I made a video about my new Saratelli, and then Saratelli Hat Company reached out to me, and their social media uh, person happened to be Cheyenne. And she's like, oh, hey, we'd love to send you a hat. And I'm like, you know what? I'd love to get one. Man, I I might have to hit them up because I I'm, I got the itch for another hat. Like I've just got that. Sometimes you get that itch for a new hat, and mm-hmm. I got the itch for a new hat. My uh my straw has seen some uh two summers straight of some very tough work getting the girlfriend's new farm down in Reesville straight, and uh it is my, uh my current some. my current straw. Whew. I love this bad boy. Mine's a resist all, and it's done quite well for the past two years. But we've built pastures and bush hogged and weed eated and everything else, and I wear that thing religiously in the summer. And she's a little bit. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer. If I can't wear a cowboy hat for cowboy shit, then <laughs> I don't need to own it. And so my 
straw gets worn for cowboy shit on the regular, and so it looks like it's been worn for a lot of cowboy shit. Yeah. My, mine is getting worn tomorrow because uh, the the company I work for, I work for a very small outfit. I'm a uh, oh I'm a, I was hired to be a welder for them, and then I ended up being a foreman, a heavy equipment operator, plus a welder. Um, so that's awesome. And anyway, so the 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 guys that actually own the company are almost like family, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're we're getting in the Angus business, so help us fence seventy acres." Sure. And uh, you know, we work four tens, and like you know, if you come in for a Friday, we're probably only going to work until lunch and we'll pay everybody for a whole day and i started doing the math i'm an independent contractor so you know taxes coming out of mine and i started doing the math and i was like yeah i'll be there and so i've already made up my mind if i'm walking in a, a coastal bermuda field all day pulling wire the old rodeo king is coming oh if i'm doing anything outside in the summer that straw is getting put on i don't care if i'm fishing I don't care if I'm doing cowboy shit, pulling fiber optic wire. I don't care what the, it is. Uh, I'm going to put, I'm going to have a, my cowboy hat on. And there, I'm not, you know, I'm a banquet. I'm a banquet guy. I drink buckskins, but, and, and they're ultra folks. They're trying to lose weight. I'm not going to hate on their beer choice because they're trying to lose weight. And, uh, but I know on Fridays when we work like that, that uh, <clears throat> there will be a, um, what's the big Yeti? What size is that? Uh, the 420 that looks like a coffin? Yes. I, I so saw they've the, got one of those. I saw the Mick Ultra in your picture. Yeah, and uh, so that will be iced down with probably, I don't know, 100 Mick Ultras for tomorrow. We'll probably start drinking at 7 a.m., so it'd be great. My, my plan is to ride around on a brand-new Polaris Ranger and point. <laughs> I go... <clears throat> It's funny, you're talking about drinking so early in the morning. Earlier, you were talking about stealing Natty Lights from the band at the uh, Oyster Roast. Yeah. Well, well, Noel, 4th of July, Noel, who was the lead singer and everything from the band at Oyster Roast, was super his... Super cool guy, by the way. Awesome guy. Love Noel to death. But he was picking his mare up from Shannon's that was being bred, and he was dropping a saddle off with me that he uh, is having me re-shearling and do all the things on and uh, it's like 8.30 in the morning and I roll around there and my man has got a natural light in his hand he's like you want a beer? Heck no I don't want a beer it's 8.30 in the morning I'm still drinking my coffee <laughs> he's like it's, and? I'm like no he, it's fourth of, I don't care if it is 4th of July listen, I'm not drinking a beer at 8.30 in the morning <laughs> Listen, as soon as I met that guy, and he goes, hey, he goes, well, somebody hand me a beer out of that cooler right there, and I got, I stood up, and I was like, no, I got you. I mean, shit, they were up there playing all night. It was cold. It was rainy. And I was like, at least I can just get a man a beer. And I popped it up, and I saw Natty's in there. I was like, this guy's a pro. He's a party. <laughs> if, you, if you open a cooler and my man's drink and anybody, I don't care who it is, if you open their cooler and they're drinking Natty's, they party. Yeah, he's, he's, he's what we call a bro. And the 100%. best and the best kind of bro, and uh, the funny thing is, is like I'm talking to all the other band members, you know, and they're talking about, oh yeah, we leave here. One of them had a, uh, another band they were in to go do something else, and like the meanwhile, the lead singer's just pounding natty daddies, you know, because <laughs> yeah, he knew he had like five places he could go stay within a ten minute radius. That's right. To. 
Um, big shout out to Noel, Noel Lindler and the bank walkers. Over the, here. the man did not say no to a request. No. I he never does. I should have yelled out El Paso and watched him sweat. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Just did him dirty. Just did him dirty. El Paso, and he'd be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Does anything Marty Robbins this makes anybody go, really? <laughs> I, I tell you who I felt sorry for, Susan Peer the other night after we hijacked her live. Oh, do you know who Susan Peer is, Colin? I do not. I... So Susan Peer, Susan Peer's a, a relatively uh, famous influencer, and um, we're good friends with her. A uh, few hundred thousand followers. And uh, beautiful woman, and going through a rough patch right now. She's one of my one of my best friends in the world. I'd give her the shirt off my back. But uh, we, uh, me and Jade, uh, were in extremely rare form because I don't know. We had started drinking at like seven o'clock, and it was close to midnight at this point. And we got the bright idea that we were just going to go. She was going live, and uh, we were, we were, fin we were finishing up our podcast to test. Yeah, test. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And we were just going to interject ourselves in Susan Peer's live. And she was cool with it, which was probably the worst thing she could have ever done was be <laughs> cool with it. <laughs> oh, man. And then Gabby Goldenbogen from Jumpstart Equine, uh, another awesome influencer in out of Ohio, decided that, hey, we got Mr. Jade Reigns and Ferret Daddy is who she calls me. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to hop on this wagon, too. Holy hell. And I think I think there was someone had gotten into the devil's lettuce. Me and Jade were drunk. Oh, Susan man. was such a good sport. Susan is we were, a good sport. We were playing music on our computers and holding the microphones up to make no her shit. listen to oh, it. God. Like, oh, man. she has hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm almost 100,000 followers. Jade's moving on up through the ranks, too. Gabby has, like, 70,000 followers or something. And we seriously look like a bunch of middle schoolers. Like, you know this song? You know this song? <laughs> you can't not do that when you're a music head, though. Like every, When you're a drunk you, music head. Yeah, it, we're all guilty of it. Like It takes me back to the, the bonfire guitar days with your buddies. Yeah. Hey, listen to this one. Let's oh, sing 100%. this one. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what it is when they're like, do you know how to play this? And I'm like, no, but I can play this, you know? <laughs> I feel yeah. like if y'all made it to the annual meeting, that would have been literally like the chain of events because everyone ended up sitting under my awning around a fire while I'm smoking whatever on the smoker. And uh, I, that was, I, my mind went a completely <laughs> different direction. No, I'll, no, I'll be no, there. No. I'll be there next spring, for sure. Man, y'all missed it. The annual meet. Ever anybody who wasn't at the Mars Tech annual meeting, whether you were a member or not, you you one hundred percent missed it. Not just for the annual meeting, the after hours of the annual. Like that's the best part of the annual meeting. Wait a minute, is it? Is it like, is the after hours of the annual meeting, is it a lot like one of those uh, organized trail ride after hours? If so, that's no. a that's a level of debauchery I don't want to see. <laughs> not even, not even. I've, I've, I, I grew up, I grew up, well, I still live, like 25, 30 minutes from Lumber River. Okay, I know all about the, the, 
the trail ride debauchery. Uh, hold on. Have you ever heard of Ward? Lumber River gives Ward a run for its money. I, I promise you. No, no. I'm not saying it don't because I've never been to Lumber River. I'm like, I've been to Ward, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Oh, here. imagine Ward, Woo. but instead of being one time a year, every like once a month. Oh, God. Yeah. It's I, God, there's a lot of children floating around out there that was conceived in the back of a horse trailer. 100%. 100%. Uh, that's like no. Love Valley. Like everybody talks about, oh man, look at Love Valley is so cool. And I'm like, Love Valley is for drunk people that like to be naked on horses. <laughs> yeah. So, so I feel like, like now I'm, is a good time to bring, since we're mentioning the, the, the annual meeting, we've talked about the pigs and pearls. And for those of you all that say, hey, that sounds like a good time. And it is. We need to say, you don't have to be a member to attend the oh, pigs and pearls. Exactly. You don't. No. I, I catch that so I have gotten that so many times with any of our events, and even like people I've sold horses to or tried to help get like help them find horses. Oh, you know, I keep seeing y'all's events, and I'd come, but I just don't want to be the odd man out. This that no, not not no such a thing. Like, can can probably, I say something? Like yeah, and not interject because I was the same way. I have horrible like and you wouldn't think it because of what I do that I would have horrible social anxiety. And I really do. And when I rolled up to the Pigs and Pearls, I knew no one there. I, I knew Miranda through social media. That was it. I knew Jade through social media. I had never spoken to you or Shannon or anybody before. And then after about an hour or so of being there, I felt like I was a part of the family. Like I had known all of you for years. And it, I didn't know anything about y'all. Y'all don't know anything about me. And that is one of the things I can say is I've been around a lot of registries, organizations, uh, clubs, you name it, and I've never met a more cool, accepting group who have nothing but outright passion for this horse than I have with the Marsh Tacky Association. Like, there's nothing like it I have ever been around. I've been around, y'all know, I've been around a lot of horse organizations. And the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association, by far, blows everything out of the water. Oh, I agree. I mean, I ran into the same thing, like I was saying earlier, you know, kind of circling back again to what I was saying earlier. Like, I grew up in the walking horse stuff. I grew up in South Carolina 4-H. I grew up around AQHA stuff. I grew There's, up around yeah. so much different stuff. There's nothing like this association. And we're small. We're growing. We're doing things. But I... You know, people ask me all the time. I've had, you know, if I'm about, you know, you're putting the effort into, you know, breeding and doing that. That's a whole big undertaking. Why Marsh Tackies? Well, if I breed, if I if I produce five babies in my entire lifetime, I have contributed to what at this moment is 1% of our breed. I agree. I, I agree 100%. And that is the, that's the thing. Um, Flo Sporgoner, uh, a few other people have they they've got the itch now because i talk about tackies a lot and i think wasn't Flo that was telling us that they wanted a tacky uh nick that was nick yep saying that she wanted a tacky i think Flo is interested in one too and i just i keep telling them and i've told both of them hey Come out to Pigs and Pearls. And then, I, you know, we've got the we've got the show coming up in October. That's going to be fun. Y'all don't want to miss that. I'm going to yeah. be there. I'm bringing Tater Mayor. I'm bringing my little Morgan. And uh, I'm not going to jinx anything or, you know, like, 
mess anything. But the plan at this moment is for Colin Drew to have a broke Marsh tacky to ride. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I want to yeah. see you in the. I want to see you in the beach race. I'm not going to do that. He's he's, <laughs> he, he's a young gelding. He's a young gelding. I'm not going to put him through all that. Maybe that, some walk trot stuff, but that's yeah. about it. Colin, I, I mentioned this to Shannon, and I, I don't know how because it, it's been several years since they've had the the beach races. Yeah. Um, Hunting Island State Park down there in Beaufort County does yep. open their beaches from October through I think February, um, to horseback riding. And I've wondered what the chances are that we could get the beach races started back up. We've had a lot of questions about that actually, and I've done a little bit of looking into it. I'm. You know, from an overall standpoint, you know, on horse health, horse health and things like that, I'm, I love the nostalgia of the beach race. It draws a great crowd. For a long time, it was our huge, our biggest fundraising event of the year. But, you know, a lot of people aren't huge fans of, you know, a lot of people aren't huge fans of horse races to begin with, much less running them on an unprepped surface and yeah. doing all that. And I can, I get all that. I, I really do. Um I can see the draw for the beach race. I would love to see it come back. I don't know that I would put a horse in the beach race, but I can see him. I can see uh, wanting to, them to come back. I have looked into it. The um, and there's some opportunities to bring that back. But what I've been looking into that may become a hurdle is insurance. Um, yeah, I can just, see that. The sheer liability and the cost. Um, they don't want to. They hate. It, trying to insure a horse race or a rodeo is already bad enough. So I can only imagine what insuring. I've talked to my dad. My dad owns an insurance agency. He, you know, horse racing on an uneven yeah. surface with unknown objects in the sand, with open to the public with spectators that are held back with a plastic barrier. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh god, I can, I, I, I can, like, I can understand that. So, I can understand that perspective. But, I mean, it was such a huge thing. Like, that, they quit the beach races before I was ever involved with these horses. But I watched David Grant's TV show episodes about the horse races. I watched YouTube videos and everything else. That used to be a huge thing in Hilton Head. I mean, thousands and thousands of people would come out and flock to the beach to watch these races. You had, you know, the Tacky Hat Club that literally would make like Kentucky like derby hats, but they were like gaudy, tacky. They had briar horses and stuff like that right. glued to the top of them and stuff <laughs> for the for the for the beach races. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Like we got more people here to watch a couple of these tackies run down the beach than we do horses in our breed. Yeah. Like that's freaking awesome. Absolutely. I said we I said we just load up a bunch of tackies and then show up on Hunting Island in the wintertime. I mean they can't turn us all away. At at the I very least them, at the very least a trail ride. Yeah, oh we're actually talking so Erica and them are at DeFusky. They run DeFusky Marsh Tacky Society. They have we are kind of talking with them about maybe doing something this fall, um, down there to go, you know, because they just bought a barge. So we can actually get horses to Defusky. Oh, they've got their own barge. Now? Yes, I don't awesome. know the ins and outs on every, all that taking place right now. Um, but I know that those conversations are, are being had. And the last beach race, I believe, actually was on the beach at Defusky. 
So, yeah, yeah. So, so here's that would be awesome. So, Raina, my Dunmer, was originally owned yeah. by Erica. Right. She she, she got her the off the Lather farm. To have a baby. She was, I believe, Raina was actually the first mayor to, to have, have a baby, a baby on Defusky. Defusky Island since they had been rounded up off of Defusky. Yes, yes. Which She's is the Estelita mayor that uh, Lake and Hall owns. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Raina had the first baby in, I think, like 40 years at the time that she had her baby. It was a while, It was a long time frame. Yeah. With no babies being born out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind, those kind of things just, they just do, those facts do something for me. I'm a big history oh. buff and everything else, so digging into the stud book with these horses and learning history, stuff like that, just does something. It just does something so much for me. Yeah, and that was that was one of the things that was really cool for me. I got to go to St. Augustine recently and, and visit the old port and everything. And just how important of a role uh, that plays in things like the Marsh Tacky and the Crackers and the Ashikatigs because all those horses they got their start there. Yeah. And and, and they and they came up and then you know, uh, it, it's the tacky though is one of those like weird it has to me one of the more unique horses or one of the most unique histories out of those colonial Spanish horses on the east coast and that is that for one you've got a whole group of folks that are out there trying to maintain them which I'm not saying that you know the the Ashikatigs the Ashikatigs are not going anywhere um you know crackers are not going anywhere but Marsh Tackies and Cumberlands are, are man, they, they're to the point that, you know, we could lose them. There's folks like us that are interested in them, and we need more folks interested in them. Um, but just knowing the history of those horses, you know, starting out as pack horses, you know, being left in the low country, uh, being maintained as feral herds for so long. And then having the history of, you know, Francis Marion's men and, you know, the the history of the tacky is almost like the history of South Carolina, coastal Georgia, coastal North Carolina. It is absolutely nuts what a role these little horses play. Well, let's just be honest, really, as as a breed, when you look at the Chincoteagues and the banker horses, um the tackies and the Florida cracker horses with the exception of some of those banker horses on the, those islands, the marsh tacky is probably the, probably the most quote unquote unspoiled Spanish lineage out of all of those. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like, it's almost like, and I hate to put it this way, but you guys might get it. And I know a lot of the listeners may not, and I'll, I'll try to elaborate. It's almost like them being an afterthought was a blessing for them. Yes. Oh, 100%. Their, their whole story just, they they got dealt the shorthand. I, so just to you know, bring it, you know, long story short, I've done a lot of research digging into the history of these horses. Um, I'm still com- trying to compile a legitimately cited academically cited um the you know bibliography of it but i have like 365 references to a marsh tacky between the landing of 
the Spanish in the New World until the modern day. So that's going to take a while. <laughs> but there, these horses got dealt the shorthand time after time after time again. They got forgotten. Oh, they yeah. got left. They got all kind of things, and they still made it. Like, And looking at it from a modern perspective, that benefited what we know as the tacky today. 100%. Oh, yeah. The, the crazy, you know, what really blows a lot of people's minds is the, I think a lot of people, when they think about tacky, they think about the Francis Marion connection, right? And it blows a lot of people's mind. Like, when you look at it from the standpoint of that era and how gentlemen and men of means carried themselves, uh, that a lot of people will be like, you know, well, you know, Francis Marion rode a Mars tacky. And it, it, it really makes a lot of people's heads swim when you go, no, his men rode Marsh tackies. Francis Marion probably didn't. Right. That's a huge, that's like a, been a huge debate, debacle, or whatever you want to call it. And so, like, that's one of the things that kind of, like, sparked my, let's dig into this thing, like, and get the truth. Like, well, fact, fiction, folklore, what are we looking at? And right now, the facts of it is we don't have any sort of black and white that says Francis Marion wrote a Marsh Tacky. But I have we have documentation that puts a Marsh Tacky in Francis Marion's camp. Oh yeah, well and if I was a betting man, considering how many men that were under his charge, there were several, if not a majority, uh in in his camp. No matter what he rode uh, we have documentation that say that it was a favorite horse of his men, right. which which speaks volumes. Now, and listen, we have to take into consideration. Yeah, Francis Marion was a gentleman. He was a man of means. He could afford things. He would he would have shown that on the battlefield. It was. It's not like it is today where everybody looks the same. You know, he. he it, it's weird to think about, um, but uh, but we also have to consider too that Francis Marion probably was not ignorant. And the chances of him probably owning Marsh Tackies was very high. And there is a good chance that at some point during between, what, 1880 and, eight, I mean, 1780 and 1781, that his ass was astride a Marsh at least once. But his most yeah, trusted I, steed most likely was not a Marsh No, his, his, no, there's probably. Accounts, there's accounts of him with a horse named Ball. Again, there's there's accounts of it, but I I personally have not been able to find those um, you know black and white yeah. journal entries or anything like it's legend. There's so much around around Francis Marion it's legend, and I, he's probably my favorite person from history, period. And I would love to be able to you know be you know come running down the hallway you know screaming, I found it, I found it, I, I found the <laughs> thing that says he wrote a Mars tacky, but. You know, you know, it, and I may never find that, but but the, the long old... story short of it is, he commanded militiamen who were common folk, you using what they had, not what was issued to them. That's so right. common folk would have had common horses, which did, would have been the ancestors of these horses. Did you did you see my reply to Ginger? And the Marsh Tacky owners group, when she was said that she wanted to do something for a costume contest, 
um, for a horse show that was coming up. Did you see she's, that? I, I think she's actually going to, uh, God, what is it? Like, uh, not, not, uh, I for, it, it's an event like, uh, Colonial Days or something like that yeah. down in Monk's Corner. Uh, yeah. and she was wanting like a, a militiaman type yep. outfit. Yep. And so like, I think Mark chimed in and then I chimed in and like the, the thing a lot of people understand is there's these, there's the, the Hollywood account and the Hollywood account is what came after the war, and it's a thing of legend, you know, where all of Francis Mary's men wore these scarlet coats with silver pins in their hats and this, that, and the other. And but the reality, tales and yes, yada, 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 yada. And, thank you, know, you, Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and the uh, listen, and I'm a Morgan guy, so Disney has messed me up with Justin Morgan had a horse too, so I'm right there with you. And you know, the, but the thing is, is the reality is, is these were militiamen. Uh, they weren't all Southern planners, you know. These were guys that were, they were, you know, they were ministers. They were school teachers. They were farmers. Uh, you know, they were sharecroppers. You know, they they were the town drunk. They were, you name it. And the, the thing is, is, you know, they, they didn't, they, they weren't being supplied by the regular army, which was already spread thin, they wore what they had, and it was probably breeches and stockings and whatever coat they had. They carried whatever rifle they had, a tricorn uh, hat or musket, and well, and probably not even a tricorn hat. They some of them probably just had a sailor's cap, or yep. some of them may have been like the tricorn hat thing. In the South is like almost, you know, there's there, yeah, tricorn hats were a thing. But like when you see, like, you know, Francis Marion would have never worn a tricorn hat, he would have worn a, a leather cavalryman's hat, and if he wore a hat at all, you know. And so, it like, I don't know. And there's these weird looking things, there's these big cylindrical things that go on your head with this badge on the front, right? Yeah. And like, you know, it's. Uh, it's it's weird how legend and history when you lay it out you know for these guys and and what a lot of people don't understand if you really want to give a real portrayal of these guys like in 1881 when when they finally just rooted Bannister Tarleton out of the state uh they were wearing probably rags at that point oh 100% 100% like i that it's crazy to think that a bunch of poor beat down farmers from South Carolina are responsible for saving our ass against the literal most powerful yeah. military force in the world. No, because because Corn Cornwallis would have never taken his forces north if they hadn't have got trouble in South Carolina. Yep. And we held them up and beat them down and pushed them north and then by that time, Washington and them had time to recover and I get mean, back squared away. Just, and... just look at how many times they tried to land in the Low Country and how many times they were repelled. Yeah, I mean, there was you know, like I always, I always say, you know, I love Francis Marion because I was taller than he was. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is there's a you know, there's a there's another thing about Francis Marion. A lot of people know he walked with a very noticeable limp, and the reason he walked with a very noticeable limp is because he broke his foot. Broke his ankle uh, in Charleston, repelling the British. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I just have geeked out over Revolutionary War, Civil War stuff. I went. So I went. I went to Francis Marion's grave site not too long ago. He's, I have yeah, not gotten to go yet. It's on his I, brother's on the side of his brother's plantation. Yeah. Um, Bill's Isle, right? Yep. So I was. Uh, I, in fact, I was down filming something on Eddie Sweat, who was the groom for Secretary. He's buried right outside of Holly Hill. And I went to the training track that Lucian Lauren used to run down there, the the trainer for Secretariat. And while I was down that way, I was like, you know, it isn't that far because uh, where he is buried is right outside of U- between Utahville and like Sumter. And uh, I was like, you know, shit, let's just go, let's let's just go see Francis Marion's grave, you know. And uh, big to do, by the way, uh, my man. You know, ten ten on on presentation for afterlife. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I ride by I ride by that area on ninety five every weekend almost going down to see the girlfriend, and I've yet to make it a point to go up there. I mean, it's probably thirty minutes from the house in Reesville, yeah, and I just have yet to make the stop. But I, one day I'm go- It's on my bucket list. I've I've seen a lot of those stops and I, that one's not on my I've not made that one yet yeah there's you know there's um, there's a lot of people that give yeah I had somebody I did something about Francis Marion not, not every year on 4th of July I always do something about Francis Marion you, you, you break out um, the aviators and uh... I, listen I put on that American flag shirt with the eagles on it and <laughs> I'm Man always diapers and a mullet and a freaking '83 Camaro sitting behind you. It's, it's a it's a it's a t-top I rock. And, uh, yeah. But no, the you know, and I always do this thing where it's like you know the the British celebrating after taking Charleston or the no, I mean the I British celebrating the British celebrating TikTok. after the Battle of Camden, and I'm like, yeah, some dude named Francis with a Napoleon complex and a Mars tacky, you know. But the the the, the crazy thing is. Is like Francis Marion gets. <clears throat> I always tell people so as a as a history major, is you cannot look at history through a modern lens because you lose all context. Yep. Uh, you have to take history at face value, um, and if you try to look at history and try to put modern ideology to it, you, you fail. And and the reason you fail is because you draw nothing from it. Because uh, it, <clears throat> Francis Marion has been labeled like one of the nastiest people. Uh, you, you, there's people that live in South Carolina. They're like, <clears throat> I don't understand. You know, everything named Marion needs to be changed. You know, he he was a slave owner and he was this and he was that. And I'm like, <clears throat> so was everyone at that point in time. That doesn't like, make it okay, but it, no, it like, doesn't. It doesn't make right. it okay. But in the context of history. You know, we would not have a founding father. We would not, you know, if you... If we if you, eliminate if you, everyone in this, like... If you, if you eliminate game everyone that was involved, ever. 100%. It, it is a nasty, horrible part of our history. It is a it is a stain yep. on our history. Um, and I think that's why I, I, I try to tell the story of people like Eddie Sweat and Charlie Davis and stuff like that. Uh, because those stories need to be told. And I'm getting ready. I'm doing the research now on Oscar. I don't know if you know who Oscar is. Uh, Oscar was the boyhood friend of uh, Francis Marion. Yeah. Oscar 
was actually owned by Francis Mar- Francis Marion's dad. Oscar Oscar served in his ranks too in his camp and everything. He did. Well. Yeah. And, and he even ended up with like a was it a Nobel Peace Prize or not a Nobel Peace Prize, but he was like acknowledged by the government and uh, mm-hmm. everything else for his uh you know duties in the American Revolution and everything else well after his passing and everything. Yeah, I know all about Oscar. Yeah. And you know and I always tell people, listen. You know, you can't look at Francis Marion and go Francis Marion you can't erase everything that Francis Marion did because of the the context at the time. It, it, it doesn't, unfortunately, it does not work that way. Uh, you know, if, if you do that, then you erase events like World War II. Uh, you can't tell World War II without talking about a certain mustachioed guy in Germany. Uh, because if you take him out of the equation and you forget about that guy... Um, yeah, it becomes very, very, very one-sided, and there's a lot of uh, delusion involved. Yeah. You have to understand why. You so, know, and, I think, the, and I think the point you're making about, you know, like, you can't look at history with today, like, a, con, a modern no. context. I think that pertains to our horses as well, because, and I've noticed it more through... You know, the more I research these horses and dig into them, you notice that, like, it's hard to find things about tackies because back then there were not, like, they didn't, people didn't look at horses the way that we look at horses today. Horse, talking, writing about your horse in 1770 would have been like writing about a story about, writing journal entries about your tractor and how much you loved your tractor. Like, with, with the exception of people like George Washington, uh, who was an admirer of fine horses and an expert equestrian, you, right. you don't you don't hear too many accounts of people talking about their horse. They they might mention their mount by name, and they might mention you know you know uh, you know thank God for my good horse or whatever. But outside of that, they, they you, you don't see a lot of accounts with people really. I mean, you hear a lot of accounts about people, you know, that saying their horse was great, but they don't go into too much detail about their relationship with their horse. Right, 100%. And and that's one thing that I've kind of had to sit back and look at as I'm doing my research about these horses. And even when, like, looking at the, like, accounts that I have that reference a tacky, like, just from my research and looking at everything and all the sources I have, I don't think what we see is a marsh tacky, like, what... The closest thing to our modern tacky didn't really develop until after the Civil War. Like, yeah, the ancestors of them were that tacky that was referred to in 17-whatever and everything else. But I think we really start seeing the closest, like, the the ancestor to, the closest ancestor to our modern tacky post-Civil War or, you know, post-Sherman's March to the Sea when, you know, plantation owners in the low country were turning out their livestock on the barrier islands to keep them from becoming, you know, uh, bounties of war. So, and I think that's a really, uh, I think that's a really good segue to mention the significance of the, the Gullah community to what we now know as the Marsh Tacky. A hundred percent. These horses have been saved. The Gullah community has saved these horses so many times through history and time and time again, when they were turned out on those barrier islands, the Gullah folks were, were the ones there caring for them. It's, and you know, I always, 
always say it's the folks that were promised 40 acres and a mule took a marsh tacky and a, a stake of marsh and made a life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I found a lot of things throughout, like it was funny that, uh, I was reading through, I found a newspaper in New York post civil war interview with a, former slave who had gotten basically fought in the forces to get his freedom and they basically it was they, they basically asked him what do you want what are you going to do now like what is your now that you're a free man what are you going to do now and he said the only thing a man could ever want is some land and to own a horse that's like the epitome of of being a free some land to own a horse and if it was up to me it would either be a marsh tacky of the Carolinas or a Texan was his wording. And the only thing <laughs> I can assume what a Texan would be would be the precursor to the American quarter horse. And uh, so I read it. I, I'll have to pull that up and send that to y'all because y'all probably. Do, I would uh, enjoy y'all that. Y'all probably would enjoy reading I, that. I'd, read. enjoy, I, I'd enjoy that read. Deep. But I, as soon as I read that, I was like, man, that is a, that is a testament right there. Like The... What I think is like it, it's a it's a horrible point, and it's 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 kind of funny too when you think about it. Uh, after the Civil War, with, with all the freed slaves, is <laughs> there was so much that was supposed to be laid out and promised, and it just never happened during Reconstruction because of well, let's just face it, Andrew Johnson was probably the worst president this country's ever had. Um, but outside of that. The, the the funny thing like with the 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 marsh tackies and even horses like the precursors to the american quarter horse what we refer to as quarter or what they would refer to as quarter runners um all of those and it, it kind of segues into what you're saying is there was a huge melting pot in places like south carolina north carolina georgia florida uh for all of these coastal horses um, to become something different. Um, and, and just like you said, the precursor to the modern Mars tacky um, is something that evolved post-Civil War. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's something like just – I had a hunch that that was kind of what was – before I ever really dug into my, my, my research on them, that that was kind of what I was going to find. And I found – I mean, when I tell you I found reference after reference after reference to a tacky or, uh, you know, T-A-C-K-Y, T-A-C-K-E-Y, like there were so many different spellings and everything. There was no one set spelling reference to it, but I found them as far north as Ohio, as far west as tech, like all over the country. That was a common term for a a horse, like a, a cheap, a cheap, plentiful a cheap, horse, a, a grade horse. What we call them grade now, but it was a tacky. And but you don't really see in just looking at all the sources that I found, like you start seeing the marsh tacky or the tacky pony of the Carolinas, or you know that 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 relationship between the geographic location and the word tacky. You start oh, yeah. seeing that become starting to develop. Uh, just before Civil War and just after the Civil War in that time frame. That's when people start referring to, you know, putting those the Carolinas and the Tacky in the same conversation. Oh, yeah. And I go along with Jade 100% in saying that if it wasn't for 
the Gullah culture, um, former slaves on the barrier islands, taking these horses that, again, were just turned out to their own devices because of the war on the barrier Nobody islands. Nobody wanted them, Making them their own. You know, yeah. Well, at the time, what was what was fashionable in the South were these plantation-type horses, the, the saddlers, the precursor to the American saddlebred, uh, and the precursors to the Tennessee Walker and stuff like that. Those were the popular horses. People of means rode that, or they rode thoroughbreds, or they or they rode a Morgan. They, you know, they didn't ride a tacky. And it was it was those folks that took the tacky in, and we owe everything uh, to those folks when it comes to the, the horse that we love. You know, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If it hadn't have been uh, for... You know, the gullah say, no, we're going to take this and make this our own. You know, nobody else is wanting to sell us a horse. We'll take these guys. We, we know, we're not stupid. We know what to do with them. Yeah, we, we may not be having this conversation today. I don't, I, and I, honestly, I don't feel like we, we would be uh, if, if we didn't because, you know, natural disasters, everything else, like, I just don't. These horses are hardy, and they can, I mean, they did survive grazing on marsh grass and all that but man it just you know there how you just if you think no thinking about how much that we as horse owners endure and have to do for our horses you can only imagine what these gullah folks that were looking out for these wild herds like oh yeah how many times they were having to help a a foal that was rejected or having to help a horse that had done something stupid and got itself hurt or, you know, like, I, well, I can only imagine. Well, the, the difference between today own. and back then is that was the difference in their livelihoods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with without and, that foal, what would with, they have? Right. And I've had that conversation with some, with some folks as well that, you know, that's what makes these – horses we have so hardy they were so unmolested unbothered on they weren't like they were just let to be a horse for so long their immune systems are crazy high for the most part their their feet are good this that and the other and you know like as we continue to at the longer they are domesticated and 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 used for all the things we're doing and <laughs> Um, is my dog has just lost it. That makes my, me feel good because I thought that was mine. Yeah, no. Usually, yeah. usually it's Jade's dog. <laughs> no, a little freaking six-month-old blue healer just lost it. Um, but you know, the longer these horses are domesticated and everything else, like they'll get further from that, and their those immune system that that wild immune system or wild, you know, good feet will be further and further away from what it used to be. Um, but I feel like we owe a debt of gratitude for to, to the Gullah folks for keeping them quote unquote wild and, but still making sure that they survive. I don't know that the Mar I'm, I'm with y'all. I don't know that the Marsh Jackie survives without the Gullah community. No. I, I don't, I don't think it does. And, and to me, that is, to me, that's the ultimate because you get a group of people that's done nothing. but got the short end of the stick. And still to this day, in some instances, depending on what county they live in, they still get the short end of the stick. No. Uh, and they absolutely saved a breed from extinction. And they deserve the credit. Hardly ever. 
Yeah, and they hardly ever get credit. Like nobody ever talks about. Like, they talk about gullah culture. They they want to talk about you know uh, folding roses out of sweet grass in the market in Charleston, and that's the farthest thing from uh, what their culture should be remembered for. It should be remembered as not only did they bring. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we would have an entire breed of horse extinct. But how they shape shape the Low Country from food to culture to how we interact with each other, festivals, uh, all the way down to what's popular when we fish. You know yeah. the 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 gullah. You know we talk about inshore grand slams with catching a flounder, a redfish, and a trout. And long before anybody gave two craps about that, the gull overdoing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just hats off to the, the, the gullah culture. I mean, I love gullah folks absolutely to death. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I do too. And I got the privilege to go uh, before the very first oyster roast. I got the privilege to ride down to St. Elena and... It was doubt have been two not this past year but a year before. Um, I don't know, Ryan, if you remember, we had that badass ice storm. Yes, I remember because I was without power for over a week. Yeah, bad two, ice it was storm. Twenty thirteen. No, 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 it's like two years ago. We had a bad ice storm. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I got one two years ago. Oh, it was. It, it was just freezing rain and just nasty. It was. Not this, not 2023, but it would have been 2022. But it was like January. But me and Shannon had made a plan that we would plan the oyster roast. And we had made plans to ride down to St. Elena and go see Bubba Green at the Gullah Man Oysters, the Gullah Grub. Uh, he used to, he had, he had been involved with these tackies back in the day and we were you know being on the board we were trying to get as many of the old crowd that was involved with the horses back involved as possible and we knew that he did he you know some people had recommended his food because his food was is phenomenal and so we're like man he'd be the perfect person if we're going to do an oyster roast and barbecue he'd be the perfect person to have uh you know cater our event and so we reached out and he was a little unsure at first and um but he was like i'll do it you know it's it's gonna you know uh at the end of the day i want to do what's best for these horses and what's going to help these horses and so me and shannon said you know what we're gonna go ride down there try this food talk with him you know um just to, to let him know that we appreciate him for you know doing this and gonna cater our events so we rode down in this ice storm Rode all the way. I drove from Conway two and a half hours to Reesville, then got in the truck with Shannon. We rode another hour and a half down to St. Elena. We get there and Gullah Grub is closed. Locked oh, no. up. <laughs> I mean, locked up. So we call him. He comes up. We meet him. And we stood outside for like an hour, sitting on, I'll never forget, we were sitting on five gallon buckets out back of this daggone, just talking. <laughs> tackies old history that's all the things and eventually he he's talking and we keep getting on he's like man he, he's you know he's excited his eyes are lit up he's so excited talking about his horse he goes man y'all drove all the way down here y'all ain't ate nothing all day i can't let y'all leave with an empty stomach so we we went in the back door of gullah grub 
He fires all the lights on and starts making us food while we're in there. I'm over there drooling over his <laughs> beach race trophies and all that. And we're talking old tacky stuff and everything. And he made us, you know, uh, gumbo and all kind. I mean, just the the spread. And we sat there for two, three hours just talking tackies with, with Bubba and talking all kind of stuff. And, man, that I left there and that he he become when I left there that day he become one of my best friends. I I really I really appreciate that dude a lot. And, so, uh, so you'll get a kick out of this and and appreciate it. Um, you know we anytime we're down there, my family and I we we go to to Gullah Grub because not only because the food is unreal but because we are such huge supporters of what the Green family does. I mean during COVID. 2020 when everybody was on lockdown bill green and his family were in that kitchen cooking and then delivering meals throughout the community you know i mean they're they're phenomenal people great people um but uh we were there it would have been this past may when, when we were down there and they have the plaque from the marsh tacky association their honorary lifetime membership that's from the first that's from the first oyster roast we gave him that plaque at the first oyster roast the year before that that same year yeah yeah um you know that 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 plaque is proudly displayed in their restaurant i made that i made that plaque actually that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome oh really yeah i i it's a big piece of uh like live edge you know center cut uh, wood and I put it in a laser and laser engraved, you know, uh, honorary lifetime member. You know, the, the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association uh, would presents this honorary lifetime membership to uh, Bubba Green for all the efforts and things he's done to preserve, promote, and protect the Carolina Marsh Tacky horse over all the years. And it's got a picture of him riding uh, old Blue Duck at the last. Uh, Oh, Blue Duck. Blue Duck is one of my favorite tackies. I think he's everybody, one of everybody's favorite tackies. <laughs> he's, he's definitely in my top five. Well, it, it, I think a big part of that is because of who owns him. His story. Just yeah. so, you know, Lee McKenzie bred him. Um, and then uh, he, you know, I think Ed Lowndes had him for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he was just a lot of horse. They hunted off of him and everything else. And uh, and then I don't, and, and I don't if and if people that are listening haven't seen, he's a big, pretty grula, huge, gorgeous grula gelding. And he was a stallion for a long time. Yeah, but big old gorgeous grula. Um, but I don't remember the exact story. I think I have it on video because I ran a, a video. You know, Bubba was extremely, um, you know open to me letting a video camera roll while we were sitting there eating and just talking. And so he tells the story of getting blue duck and everything and racing on blue duck. And man, I, yeah, that, that horse is like what legends are made of. Like he's yeah. just, it, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just a, a phenomenal, just a phenomenal horse, a phenomenal hunting horse. He was a looker or is a look. I mean, he's still oh, alive. Yeah. Um, he's, just he's an, gorgeous. an, awesome i mean just as far as an example of the breed he is a textbook example oh and then to see somebody like bubba or bill on his back 
makes it even better. Yeah, like and, and as far as an example of the breed goes, top two prime example of what a Marsh Taxi should look like is Blue Duck and Travis McKnight's Tugadoo. Like, yes, that Tugadoo. There's Marsh Taxis and then there's Tugadoo. Like he is the Tugadoo's the man. Tugadoo has been there, done that, million miles. You know. You can ride that horse through the gates of hell with fire raining down, and you, when you get back out and get get home safe, you're still gonna have horse left. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of speaking of speaking of horses, I just got a text from Gabby Goldenbogen over at Jumpstart Equine. Uh, she's taking a dressage test on a horse that she's only had a few weeks anyway, <laughs> uh, and just got through the Cairo today, and Cairo said, "Yeah." If I were you, I would lunge in. And I'm like, that's the last thing you want to hear before a dressage. <laughs> oh, oh, Gabby. Man. I love Gabby to death. Isn't Gabby awesome? When I, I'm coming up uh, next weekend. I'll be passing through your neck of the woods. Yep, and so I hope you you're allowing some the- time for me. I am allowing Friday for you, sir, and you and I, if you want to, are going to go over to the Kentucky Horse Park, and I can hang out with Point Given. Consider my man, one of my favorite race horses, the horse that got me into horse racing, made me fall in love with thoroughbreds, unfortunately passed away before I could see him. I am so sick about funny side. It's not even funny. I'm honestly a little offended of the fact that that you said Point Given before you said Hex. Well... Well, okay. that hurts so, my feelings. I'm sorry. On so a personal for level, know, for those that don't know, Mr. Jade Reigns has a Mars Tacky <laughs> in the parade of breeds at the Kentucky Horse Park. Miss Hex, who I voted for probably illegally like nine times. I voted. Yeah, I did the same thing. I like, like used my email and then the, the work <laughs> email and the, it was, the it, other work email. <laughs> it was rigged. Kentucky Horse Park. It was rigged. You put let Hex, the little Mars Tacky, against it's a horse that has its horse. own briar yeah. horse. What? I don't know if y'all know this. The you know two thoughts here. I didn't know y'all if y'all know this, but the Mars Tacky got its own briar horse one year at Briarfest. They did a limited edition briar. Fest. I bet that's do, an expensive piece of plastic. Do do I, you, you can buy find them on eBay for like a hundred bucks right now. Do oh, we know? Bad. Do we know who that briar horse was modeled after? We do, but and I've seen where somebody told me one time who it was modeled after, and I can't remember who, but I know for a fact I know for sure it was modeled after one of our horses. But it's a big dun. Mm-hmm. So Hadley has been politicking really hard. She wrote an email to Briar about why Hex should have her own Briar horse. Oh man, that would <laughs> be ain't playing no games. <laughs> So, so not only, hold on, so not only is my man Marty Rabin's bass player and, and got a horse at the Kentucky Horse Park, but may, just may, get a freaking briar. Get a freaking briar. <laughs> I'm about to send y'all a message on Facebook in a group with the picture of this briar horse. Oh, well, while that's if anybody through. out there, because we have a lot of briar folks that listen to the show. And if any of y'all have this briar, this marsh tacky briar, let if any me of know. Y'all have, if any of y'all have a spare, I will give you cash money for it. 
Oh, yeah. I already know I'm going to get an email because I get emails all the time whenever I mention anything like this. And they're like, yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, will you sign it and send it back? And I'm like, I'm, I just made it worthless. It lost it was, value. It was from Briarfest 2018. The horse's name, the model name is Two Step. It's a big dumb. It's rearing. It's got a white star. Oh, and they even made it a dun. Yeah, like got leg bars and everything, like frosted mane, all the things. Like, oh my gosh, that's a tacky. Yeah, right. Like that's a okay, Briar. I see you. Like that is a good compact dick thing. I like it. That, I mean, that's that's a tacky. Yeah, and they don't. They only made like twelve hundred of them. That's what I love. It's it's bad. We have more marsh tacky Briar horses in the world than real marsh tacky. Oh, I know, and well, and, but that just like solidifies the thing that I think about Marsh Tackies is like they're just born with great top line. You don't have to add it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> let, I'm sorry. Let's re, let's re, let me let me fix that. Briarfest 2013. Oh shit! There you go. If anybody's got this Briar, I need one. Hook Horse Daddy up. Yeah. So, and speaking of the Kentucky Jade, I sent you that that Briar Jade. I sent you that Briar horse, by the way. Um, okay. But uh. By the way, just a little while ago, uh, Mark did did text me saying that he had lost signal. He's going to try to get back up with us when he gets home. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're 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 an hour and forty minutes. We're 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 winding winding down. down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's politicking hard for me to go up there next your way and go go to the old Kentucky Horse Park the weekend after the Gymkhana when they're having the. National or international liberty. So I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Uh, I am a guest of Morgan, who owns Endo the Blind. I don't know if you've ever heard of Endo the Blind. That's the blind horse that does liberty work. Yeah, but so yeah, I'm gonna be up there. It's gonna be me, Floch Morganer. Uh, I think Jesse Reuter is coming up. Uh, we're gonna meet up probably with uh, with Nick. This is at um, the horse park. This is at the horse park. You're going to be there too. Well, I was going to say my system. my name hasn't been mentioned yet. Am I not invited? Well, it's the horse park, and you're Mr. Horse Park. So, you know, it's just yeah. a thing. No, so, Mark Mark just informed, told me about it this past week. He's like, you know, I'm me doing the all the video stuff and everything else, and trying to get deeper in that. He's like, man, this is what's going on. It's the week after the Jim Connor. I want you to. Like if you could make it, I would think it was, I'd love for you to be able to go. Like I want you to meet. You know, he wants to introduce me to Jason and Josh and all them, and try to just get me around a bunch of people over there with all the things veteran related and horse related that he's been doing. Well, and, it sounds like we're gonna just have a big convoy headed north. I mean, I do have even if I even if, I mean if I go, even if I'm not you know there as an important person, I have. Uh, Kentucky horse park passes. That I so, <laughs> so, so I'm I'll also have one too, and his name's Jade Rains. Oh my, I got my, I got mine because of Jade Rains. Yeah. If, and the oyster roast. If at least some of you all don't show up for Road to the Horse 2024, I will be shocked, appalled, and somewhat offended. Well, I'm. I will be there. I'm coming because a little birdie has told me that a certain. I can't really go into details because I don't know that it is complete. I don't know the status of it, but I was told a certain South Carolina ranch horse trainer has 
sent in his paperwork to compete in their horse. So there is it. So right now, Road to the Horse has only advertised three competitors, which means yep. there's a fourth spot. Uh, that's up for grabs. I'd like to know. Oh, I know who you're talking about, and they're from my neck of the woods. They have a great YouTube channel. They used to be from your neck of the woods. They live up in the upstate now. Oh, they do? Yeah, they used to. If they I'm used to work for that big operation out your that, way. That big operation out my way used to uh, do a lot of driving horses for them and ranch horses. Yeah, I used to say all the time. I used to, I, I keep saying all the time, if something ever happens, I get out of out of Marsh Tackies, y'all gonna know it. Yeah. Uh, Marsh, the value goes up, y'all gonna know it, because I'm gonna be riding around with a, on a big old roan the, horse with a big yeah. old CP on his butt. I was just about to say, <laughs> is, the, is the initials of the place CP and is it owned by a certain newspaper mogul? Magazine mogul, yeah. Yeah, the same guy that puts on Road to the Horse. Maybe. You know that, right? Yeah. yeah. He's from right here. Uh, my dad actually built his house. Nice. Yeah, yeah. If I if something ever happens and I don't, I, it's not a marsh tacky. It'll be a big old wrong quarter horse with a CP on his butt. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> when you drive. So like that's literally just a few miles from me, and like when you when you get to where quote CP is, it feels like you drive forever down 278 uh, before you get out of CP. I guarantee you. I've and it's. Been out there. It's horses and cows on both sides. It's like cow operation one side of the road, uh, crop operation on the other side of the road, and then you come up timber, and then it's more cows, and it's more crops, and it's more timber, and you're just like, am I still on this plantation? Yeah. I can only imagine how big that plantation is. I've never been out that way. Uh, you the would... last time I was out that way, I was doing some graphics in a gym in Grovetown. Yeah, Grovetown, Georgia, right across yeah. the river from me. Groovy town. Yep. I got some people out there. I've done some work for love them people to death. They are great people. I've never, I haven't met too many bad people from out that way. The uh, Hold on. I can tell you exactly how big it is. I used to know exactly how big uh, CP is. Uh, it's uh, 2,526 acres. <laughs> yeah, I feel and, like you'd ride forever on that thing. Uh, their camp is uh their their camp is 386 acres so colin one thing that i've been thinking about i don't know how to approach this mark may be able to offer some insight so on you know all throughout road to the horse they have exhibitions demonstrations you know from from different groups how cool would it be for the marsh tacky association to be able to do an exhibition there at the Alltech Arena. Sweet. That that would be sweet. I'm not sure what the exhibition. I mean, are you going to go like very well rounded and versatile, or are you going to go like old school stereotypical tacky? Like, are we going to run down a hog in the middle of the arena and stab it? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean just based on what I've seen at Road to the Horse, all we got to do is canter around the arena with somebody with a microphone saying, hey, this is a Marsh Tacky. Yeah. This is what they can do. Yeah, yeah. I'd be down for it. I think it'd be awesome. I, I do too. I mean, you know, anything to to draw awareness, I, I, I'm, I'm, that, that's all that you know matters I, to me. And, and you know what? I, next year, I'm going to, I'm going to have broke horses and 
I've told everybody I'm winning. I'm winning horse of the year next year. I will haul one all the way to the road to the horse of the year. <laughs> I need to. I'm. I don't give. You know, this year I'm just overseeing it. I put that program together, and it's going. I'm hope we're going to crown our first horse of the year this year. But next year, everybody's on upset notice. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm about to go win it with a young, not, with a not, young stallion. Not to like change the subject. I just got a text, and it's from again Gabby Goldenberg. It says, <laughs> "Hey, I accidentally just bought four Andalusians." How does one I do that? Accidentally buy four <laughs> we're we're gonna need know, to go live her, on TikTok I, I told with her, her I, after this. No lie, I I told her I said, "Well, if I had my way, you'd only have three high dollar horses." We we hog hunted, so the land we hog hunt on up in Society Hill is the number one land holder in the state of South Carolina, or the number two. One, he's up there. I thought he was in prison for killing this kid. <laughs> No, that, he's not the number one. Okay, man. okay, my bad. But he had this guy has twenty thousand acres that's been in his nice. family for seven generations. And he hits us up two Christmases ago, and he's like, "Hey, my kids are all gonna be back home for Christmas. I'd like for them to be able to do something cool. Would y'all take them on a hog hunt on the marsh taxes?" And we're like, "Sure, you know, you let us hog hunt your whole twenty thousand acres." We'll take them on a hog hunt. So we we literally put together the most marsh tackies in one place in like 20 years. We had 15 marsh tackies there. And we get there thinking his kids have never rode, things like that. Nope. His daughter and daughter-in-law are both like aventers, and they're before we go on this hog hunt, they're telling us about how they just imported a hundred and forty thousand dollar warm blood or something, and just and we're like, what? They they are speaking my language because Jake picks on me because I got some bougie taste in horses. Well, the crazy thing is, we got done hunting that day, and like these girls were like bent out of shape, wanting to stab a hog. And we get done hunting that day, and they're, like, burning up wanting marsh tackies. It's like, wait a minute. You, I looked at one of them. I was like, you imported $140,000 warm blood, and you want one of our $3,500 marsh tackies? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. I'm with it. That's, like, one of the things, like, a lot of people don't understand. So, here, critically endangered and horse breed, they automatically think they're all, like, Fifty thousand dollars, and the reality is, it's like no, no. There's really good ones that you can go out there and get right now. If you want a weanling, a grand will get you a weanling. Yeah, I mean, your price. You know, their 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 price range varies a lot on them, just depending on what your pocket, what you're looking for, and what your pocketbook handles what you're gonna get. So they always said, if I won the lottery, I'd have Marsh Tackies, Morgans, and Cleveland Bays, and then everybody was like, everybody's like, oh, Cleveland Bays. Uh, what's the price range on the Cleveland Bay? And I was like, well, a cheap one is like twenty five grand. Ah, <laughs> uh, you want to talk about a unit of a horse though, like a horse that literally has almost gone extinct twice and has just found its way into like, no, nah, I got it. This is fine. You can't kill me. <laughs> um, I mean, like the epitome of like dual purpose horse. Like you can plow that horse and then ride that horse to town, and then on Saturday. You know, take a high level dressage test on it and it moves yeah. like a ballerina. I mean, the Cleveland Bay, holy cow, that thing is a unit. <laughs> and they're gorgeous. They are absolute, they're big, thick rascals. 
you know, they're a lot, like I say, they're dual purpose horse, so they're that, you know, in between saddle horse and draft horse. You know, they're they're built right. They're they're leggy. They move good. They're stout. They're, yeah. oh, oh, I'm just getting all froggy <laughs> thinking about it. I love a Cleveland Bay man. Golly, so, I love a Cleveland Bay. So, you know, we've been at this for almost two hours, and and I'm certainly not trying to cut us off. I I could go on all night about this stuff. Oh no, I'm I'm getting ready to. <laughs> we all could. We I, that's Mars Tacky folks for you. We could go talk eight hours about these things and and never get to the end. So, so my question is to to everybody here, and damn it, I I wish Mark could have been here for all this. We're gonna get Mark back on. We've got to. We gotta get Mark back on because I want I want him to talk about Operation Tagged Up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's he's getting some really cool stuff going. I'm actually working on him a logo right now for that. Awesome. Sweet. Um, um I'm, I'm excited for him. He's worked a long time about trying to get Operation Tacked Up going. And, and, and the thing is with Mark, it, it's for all the right reasons. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. getting, getting... Mark is just... Mark's just Mark a good person. Mark is just, like... Mark is no different. Like, when you meet Mark, you're like, this, this guy cannot be real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I love just, Mark. He, love him. Mark is, Mark is a movie character, but in real life. Like, Mark is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. He's like a real-life Gus from Lonesome Dove. Like, Holy just, shit, uh, yes. 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 Like, he just is. He, he, it just. I don't know if it's just the fact that he's uh, like, anytime you see that man, he's in like era-appropriate 1880s cowboy gear. I, I have said what? I have God. said more than once. That Mark is more cowboy than ninety five percent of us will ever be. Oh God, yeah. You know, yeah, Mark, Mark's, Mark's, Mark's a good dude. Um, Mark looks like he stepped out of an eighteen nineties dime novel. Hundred percent. But what was what was the question you had, Jade? So, so, so my okay. question posed to to everybody here: Where do you want to see the Marsh Tacky breed go? What do you want to see out of them? I have thought about that for a very long time. I, I mean, a lot. I, I think about it frequently. And part of that is just me as a as a breeder. Part of me, that's me as a board member. And part of me is just a lover of these horses. First and foremost, I want to see them off the critically endangered list. Absolutely. Yep. Secondly, I want to see... These some of these horses out doing things. Maybe, and I'm not gonna say, oh, I want to see one, you know, winning the Kentucky Derby or winning the, you know, Snapple Bit Fraturity or whatever. But I want to see these some of these horses on the big stage in some of these in it, these disciplines, showing like, off what how great uh, these things that they can be. Oh yeah, do doing endurance or if nothing else, rain cow horse or something. Cause you even got Morgans doing rain cow horse. We got Just, we yep. we got some folks out in the old St. George Reesville area that uh, you're gonna see some uh, you're gonna see some tackies into cutting and and rain cow horse stuff. Ooh. Like some big time. Like they're talking about going to going to upset some folks in at some big big stages. I would I would I would love to see some highbrow. And no offense to my AQHA folks. I'd love to see some highbrow, not highbrow cat, but 
I'm just saying, some some high end quarter horse just gets spanked by a little marsh tacky from somewhere like Taylor, yeah, South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> well, well, when I talk when I talk to him, this barn, this this I'm not gonna name drop because I don't know if they want their business out there right now, but like that. But when I talk to them, they were so there's a cutting horse show that's run in conjunction with the with quarter horse congress. And they're talking it like it's not an AQHA show, but it's like it's open breed cutting, but um, it's at Quarter Horse Congress, and they're talking about taking Ooh. this tacky up there to Ohio to go try to mop up some quarter horses. What a I, mean, tacky. I, would I would love, love to, to see, see a tacky it. just. I'd love to see a tacky dragging its <laughs> daggum chin in the dirt. Hey, and and this 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 mare is bad ass just I mean, it, on its knees oh gosh i oh, want to see that this 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 mare gets down and dirty and i told him i was like if if that happens y'all i've never been to quarter horse congress hell i've never been to ohio but i'll be in the front <laughs> row with my cmta shirt on screaming my ass off every time that thing makes a cut oh, yeah i'll be <laughs> hey i'll be in ohio next week first time i've ever been to ohio so really I'm see if it's yeah first time I, when uh First time when I leave, uh, when I leave you, I'm making a trek up to a dressage show outside of Dayton. And, I've uh, been a sheltered child. I haven't done too much traveling. Well, hell, come on up with Ryan. I've been to Ken- I mean. I've been to Kentucky, not just like barely the bottom point of Kentucky. When I was, you know, in a previous my previous life, when I was a, a college bass fisherman. I uh, did a lot, spent a lot of time at Kentucky Lake. Uh, I'm leaving, so I'm leaving next Thursday evening, and I'm driving to Lexington. So if you want to hitch a ride. (laughs) Y'all all all trying to get me to, y'all and Mark and everybody trying to get me to do all this traveling, but I don't see nobody giving me their credit card to do it all. You can ride, listen, you can ride with me. I'm driving, listen, I have my nice F-150. I have my farm truck that's an F-250, but I'm driving uh, a, a friggin' Hyundai up there because it gets 40 miles to the gallon. And and I have both of your all's I have both of your all's bottles of Woodford. It's a hard bargain there. <laughs> but if you can't make it, do you want me to grab your bottle of Woodford and bring it to you? You know, I think I might just wait till I see Jay because I might get an empty secretary of Bob Wow. Especially the way you were down in that double oak at the Oyster Race. <laughs> Listen, I just, I, like, I, you know, just me and Bourbon just get along. I mean, you ought to see me. All right, so, and this can stay in, but you ought to see me about a month ago. We have an older guy that's retired that comes in and works with us part-time. His name's Mr. Mr. Paul McNair, and uh, I love him to death, and we'll talk about old cars and guns and everything else, and he is a uh, connoisseur of good brown liquor. Like, he'll start naming scotches that are just made, you know, 100 bottles a year in this tiny little fishing village in Scotland, right? And, like, he collects that stuff. And we cracked <laughs> open a bottle of scotch, and, like, I fell in love with scotch that night, first of all, and... We're drinking this, and I was like, that tastes. He goes, well, that's that's peat, if you ever anybody talk about peatiness. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, it, it tastes like a bog. 
And he goes, well, yeah, peat bog. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I kind of enjoy that. I kind of like that. And then I'm smoking the cigar that he gives me. And then I realize I'm smoking a $40 cigar and I'm drinking $300 scotch. <laughs> and then we smoke all the cigars and the entire bottle of scotch. Mm. And he... Oh, it was an amazing night. It was a horrible morning because if I don't know if you know anything about PD Scotch, but when you wake up the next morning, it's like you drink a peat bog. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, I mean, it's just like you got a mouthful of peat. Like it's just, you know, and like my lungs hurt from like you know, forty cigars or however many I smoke. I remember putting one. Out. I remember lighting a cigar with a cigar. Let's put it that way. Uh, that was know, a good night. Like, and then he had these trippy glasses that won't tip over, but they, they tip to the side and roll around. And like after you're like six yeah. glass after you're like six glasses of scotch in, those get really trippy. And you're just sitting there <laughs> spinning it around on the tabletop in circles. Oh yeah, with like three hundred dollars scotch in it, you know? It's just awesome. <laughs> See, I'm a I, I collect thing that kind of thing, but in a different manner. I I've talked to Jade about this before. I I collect bottles that are cowboy and horse related so that's why i wanted the secretariat bottle to add to my collection oh and i've got big i've got more things i've not even told you about yet but by the time this is done about them for a couple hours we talked for a couple hours about different bottles oh no it it goes by by the time this is all over with you're gonna owe me money on that pulling collar oh shit that pulling collar is gonna be Badass, by the way. I don't even have one. I don't even have one, but it's going to be badass. The leather stuff's been keeping me busy. The leather stuff's been keeping me almost as busy as the sign shop stuff. I need to, I need to send you my, my – next time I see you, I need to give you my roping saddle. I need some repairs done, sir. I got two in here right now. I got one that's a, a ranch – I got two ranch saddles actually in here right now getting basically rebuilt. And so, This is a – this is an – I don't even know. This thing is probably 60 years old. And it, of all things, you're going to think I'm full of shit. But it's actually it's actually on a hope tree. Okay. And it's a round skirt on a hope tree. I love this thing. Uh, but the, the, the old wax, wax thread lost its wax years ago. And on the back of the of where the the skirt, you know, you got that little little piece that covers where the skirt is mated together on the back of the saddle. It's called the frog. That yeah, the frog has turned loose, and then the back of the skirt separating. I let you get oh, that fixed. Oh, that's a quick easy fix. Yeah. Yeah, I can, as long as there's nothing like too detrimentally wrong with it. No, no, all the leather's in great shape. I've uh, when I got it, it was a little dry. She's she's getting some crackage in her, but just on the surface, nothing deep. Yeah. And uh, I keep her nice and oiled. Uh, you know, she's starting to get a little curl to her, but you know, she's she's old. Um, I love you can that fix thing. Fix that with a little bit of water. She uh. Well, that's what everybody else tells me: is take it and put it on a saddle stand, and just take the garden hose to it. Yeah, you case it. You basically case it just like if I was going to tool the leather, and uh, you end up reforming it again, let it dry dry out, and mm. make sure you oil it after. But you know the stitching is com- the stitching coming out of saddles like that's actually pretty common because believe it or not, you know, growing up in horses, and I'm sure y'all both can attest to this. When we were told to go clean our tack, we were handed a toothbrush, a sponge, a mm. bottle of neat's foot oil, some saddle soap, and 
something to polish silver with. And believe it or not, Neat's foot oil actually will, over time, will degrade the stitching in the saddle. So I, as long as, if it's a customer who they have somewhere to keep it away from rodents, I have been telling them all to use olive oil. Literally olive oil you can just buy at a grocery store. The, 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 the funniest thing, though, is the amount of people out there. And I've seen people make videos of them cleaning their tack and don't realize saddle soap is an actual soap and requires water. <laughs> Depends on the saddle soap, though. Because some of the saddle soap is no. like a glycerin saddle soap. So you just, you're on, it's not really a soap. It's just, uh, it's just restoring the glycerin in the, I know. I'm talking, the I'm talking brown can from Tractor Supply. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. no. So, so, Jay Ryan. Back, back to the original question. Yeah. Where do you want to see the breed? Um, man, I would love to see them as popular as any of the mainstream breeds, and I, and I know that's asking asking a lot, but I and I hate to I hate to kind of bounce off of Colin, uh, but I I would honestly like to see them more mainstream. I'd like to see them as something like the uh, was it the Tevis Cup for uh, endurance. Uh, I'd like to see them, you know, at least get mentioned. Like, I'm not going to say when, uh, but I would just love to see one get mentioned as something, you know, like a, a an article about rain cow horses. Or I would love to hear, you know, about a ranch or something that has taken on some Arstackies and they, if nothing else, include them in their lines of, of ranch ponies that they breed because they, they, they want that, that good, healthy, you know, original colonial stock back in their horses like you know and i know those are baby steps um i mean you know in my heart i would love to see the marsh tacky as popular as the american quarter horse uh but we all know that's man you know not saying it couldn't happen but it, probably at way beyond our lifetimes um probably beyond our children's lifetimes but you know i would just like to see them mentioned in a major publication because they're doing things you know not just because they're endangered like i don't want them mentioned because they're endangered i want them mentioned because they're doing good things and it's getting people involved because at the end of the day the more people involved and they get the itch for these horses the better it is for these horses the the more these horses they get spread out they end up in you know out west they you know, like you know you found marsh tackies in kentucky you know mark's got marsh tackies in virginia and yeah, I I I just like to see. I had somebody reach out to me and tell me that they had a uh, uh, what they believed to be a tacky cross in Missouri. Hmm. So you know, those are the things that you know uh, make me happy for Mars tackies. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm right, and it's crazy. Like this exact question, I when I did I did a short. Um, kind of teaser documentary that I'm still working on some ins and outs on that. And it's going to be, end up being a series. So I did that last spring and I asked DP Lowther, who um, by many is considered the, um, the man who saved the Marsh Tacky. Uh, he uh, played a big role when they were coming off the islands, but at one time he had the largest privately owned, um, I believe, don't quote me on that, but the largest privately owned herd in the East Coast, 
well, country, I'm, world, whatever. I, I was gonna, like I mean, it, it, it's hard to argue that. I mean, horses. Horses. Yeah, I, I was going to say he had like a quarter of the horses total for a yeah. long time. I mean, he had like a he had like a hundred and thirty or a hundred and twenty or something like that. Yeah, when you and when you're talking about four or five hundred horses here, yeah. Yeah, and so, but I asked him, so I got probably, I don't know for a fact, but I believe what is the last interview with him before his passing on camera, and one of the questions I asked was a similar thing, and I think he summed it up best when he said he would love to see these horses to be no long, not be treated like left in the backyard and treated like a backyard breed and to be a front yard breed. That's right. Well, you know, and like I have a good friend here at Aiken, uh, and you guys might know her, Laura Jump. Uh, she got one of uh, during the dispersal sale. She bought a tacky. Several. She she uh, bought two or three. Yeah, well, and she bought some. I think I think somewhere the intention to put some time on, and to move to clients, and then I think one was for her. And I could be mistaken, Laura, if was you're that, listening. Was that was that was that like recently after his passing, or was that in 2017? If that's it, uh, that was recently after his passing when they did the okay, dispersal. I believe, I, I believe I know who you're talking about she, now, she, and some of the ins and outs on that one. On, on social media, she goes by Phoenix, Phoenix Jump, Phoenix yes. Jump. Yes, yes, I know That's exactly who you're talking about. Lives, and some, the ins she, and outs and everything. Yeah, lives right up the road from me. Awesome, awesome gal. I've I've not had the opportunity to to speak, talk with her or meet her, but from everybody he, that I know that has talked to her, she is awesome. Well, and here's the thing: she's a transplant. She's a Bostonian. Yep. And but she's in love with the little horses. And that's that's what we need. That's what we need. And I say we, and I know I don't own a tacky, but damn it, I'm a member of the association. We'll I get you one. We'll get you one. We'll find you one. If we gotta make you one, I, listen. Take Shannon Hawkins is all about making me one. I have a bird baby. I, I mean, I don't know. You hadn't seen my stallion yet either. You might. You may want to show far baby. He's pretty. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty partial to him, but I think he's pretty awesome. I don't know. You I, well. I mean, I just gotta find a mare. Hey, I got a mayor. I got I got a couple mayors. We can, we can make one. I know. I, I don't. Okay. Well, I, you know what, Colin? Listen, we might need Damn to talk. It. If you you might be in my budget. We'll just have to talk. Me, I don't know. Me and me and Jade been talking about trying to make some things happen too. If you want one with some, with a little bit of spice in her attitude, you might be able to get you a Raina baby. If yep. me and, what me and Jade been working on works let, out. Let me tell you something. I cut my teeth on red mares. When everybody else says they hate red mares, I run toward red mares. <laughs> I own all mares. And they're beige and red. Well, I got one gray, and she's a pony. But like a like a 12 and a half hand pony. So, if you want to know what I like, spice does not scare me. <laughs> so, so just based on what you like, you just need Raina. Well, yeah. I, I can't afford Raina. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> I'd have a better, I'd have a better chance of buying uh, buying one of your houses than I would owning Rena. Yeah. Don't yeah. feel bad. Don't feel bad, but I already tried to buy her too. And, and Rena, <laughs> Rena's my girl. Y'all need to, y'all just need to go look up if y'all don't follow Jade, and just go look up Jade's social media and take a look at Rena. Just Rena is enough to just make you just go. Damn, my horses are shit. Just, just get on Facebook, look up H and J Heritage horses, and and it's I'm on TikTok positive. too. I'm pretty positive she's like on the front cover of the 
friggin' C and T A. She is. Yeah, she is. Hey, so what? What if we bred Collins? What? What if we bred Collins Stallion? Here you go. Here you go. Ryan. To Raina. Right. Oh, here we come. Yep, there there's Miss Raina. There she is. That's well, my actually, girl. she's on the back of it, but. Shrimp shrimp boy's on the front. Shrimp boy needs to be on the front, though. So, hold on. What if we bred your stallion to Raina and I got the baby? That's what I just proposed. I I mean, it's going to be a... You'll have to wait a little bit because he's only... He turns... He'll be three October 1st. Get him broke. I have... Get him broke. I'm a fair... My plan from day one has been he will have a job and do it well. Before he is ever given the opportunity to be a, a to, to breed, yeah. And before he stallion, realizes, my stallion will be the most well-behaved thing on my property, or he will not be my stallion, and either he will be cut or he will not live here anymore. That's amen. <laughs> that, that that's the that's philosophy right. on this cult that I've got. That's right. You know. Just because they can, don't mean they should, and yep. I I love that philosophy. Thank you. One hundred percent, and that's my that's my. Because that's, that's how the that's how the breed goes down. That's how the breed goes down. Because if you end up with something that is neurotic, but you're like, well, but it's a Mars tacky. But it's and a it's looker. It's got a pair on it. <laughs> it's a looker. Thank you so much for just taking a just, common assets approach to that. I just picture of old Shofar. Shofar is a looker. Don't, don't is, tease me. He, he's he's, he's a good looking horse. Oh, let me see. That gun, holy cow. And then there's there's him and his best friend Stella. They will make a very nice pairing when they're both mature. These these horses for folks that cannot see, you know, obviously this is an audio <laughs> show. But let me go ahead and break this out to you. If you want to know what the hell the conquistadors rode, this is what these assholes look like, and I am pissed at that. It, it's not your BLM Mustangs. Just the, to go, yeah. it's just not to go your BLM horse. Detail for those listening: Shofar is a Grularon who has four lock da- halfway down his head and a double mane that hangs almost to his chest on both sides, all the way down. See, and like my pony's previous owner, she has a four lock almost down to her nose, and she's like, "You, you need to cut that." And I'm like, "Hell no," because she, her ass is gorgeous with that, and I love exactly. that. Exactly. And I'm just gonna keep sending them to you and. Stop. Just stop. You're, you're just hurting my feelings. Yeah, now y'all see why I'm so partial to him. Like, I just love that little horse. So okay, much. so I'm going to need him and Raina to get together when he learns that he's he can be a good boy without thinking with his other, you know. He's a, he's a big teddy bear, dude. I'm telling you. He is already. Even now, like, he's, he's coming to himself, and the Philly wants to be a little hoochie from across the fence line, and he just looks at her like, eh. okay. <laughs> keeps going, going about his business. That's, he'd, rather, he'd rather eat. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. There's a, oh my gosh, I forget the, uh, oh, it was one of, uh, one of uh, Secretariat's last living son, Maritime Traveler. Uh, so that horse was an abysmal racehorse, by the way. But he ended up having a career as a teaser stallion, and the reason he made such a good teaser stallion is because he was just, just so easy. Like, he didn't want to break down fences or anything like that. He was just like, hey, girl, from across his side of the fence, and that was it. Right. And, and so he ended up being awesome. And I tell you what, I hate to be the guy that always brags about his stallion, but in fact, that last picture I just sent you is literally why I say he's a big teddy bear. Do you send one oh, after I? you got to stop. 
You got to fucking yeah. stop. You're, <laughs> kill, you're killing me. That stallion might need him to. Pl- I need him to plant his seed in Raina, and I need that, the offspring of that. that he is just dude, hey, and be patient. And, let me and get, let me and Colin figure things out. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna get a chair, you know, like that lonely chair in a hotel room. We all know what that chair's for. And I'm gonna set up a chair in the stall, and I'm gonna watch this go down. And I'm gonna light two cigarettes for both of them because I I need this baby. But I'm gonna need this baby affordable on my budget. We'll get right. <laughs> God, we'll, we'll get, get right. We'll look after you. <laughs> David What's, Grant has told me multiple times that he he made the biggest mistake of his life by sitting on me that stallion. What's his uh? What's what's his stud fee? I don't know yet. He's like three years out, two, <laughs> two three years out from being studded out. Oh and then so I gotta wait three years and then another year to have a foal. Realistically, I I would like him to his first him to do, start breeding around five. I I, I think how old is he now? Plenty of time to get. He'll turn three October first. I'm dying oh, on the vine okay. here, Colin. <laughs> I just I would like for him to have plenty of time under his belt to. How old is Raina? She is ten. Okay, she should be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah she'll, she'll be, great. be, she'll, be a fir- she'll be honestly, she'll be a first, a, a great first, you know, mayor for him to breed. And, hey, and listen, we will probably be living down shot? there. We will probably be living down there full time by that point. And I'll probably be living closer down to where y'all are going to be living. Bingo. And you, oh, and you, I better be. And you keep <laughs> on. You keep on. I'll just end up managing your barn for you for peanuts. Um, <laughs> the uh, well, you know, if you ever want to do like a test shot with him, uh, you know, like how secretary, you know, bread in an Appaloosa, just to see if it would taste. Because I'm about to try to get me to bring Shofar to Tater Mayor here. Yes, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Tater mare. You breed Tater so, mare, and then I'll bring Raina down the next season. I, I'm, She'll I'm, it'll have brains and looks. Come on, right? And I tell you, it. I, I'm not like. I don't try to. I don't like to be boastful or brag or anything. And but when I first found that, when I went to buy that horse, it's that whole story is a is a absolute just story i think me and, i've told it to jake before but it's just absolutely a like, mess a novel. how how it actually happened that i ended up getting shofar but when i first got him and david grant told me his name was shofar i was like huh isn't that the villain from hercules <laughs> like or, or a disney like apparently that villain's name is jafar but anyway <laughs> anyway so i'm like or maybe that was from the Jungle Book. I don't know. Anyway, it was one of those movies. But uh, I, I was like, I, I just broke out and asked David one day. I was like, what, what is, what is Shofar? What, what's up with that name? And he goes, ah, just go look it up. Well, I looked it up, and was just dumbfounded. So he is off of, and Ryan, you probably know this horse. If you know Marsh Tackies, anybody listening to this, if you know Marsh Tackies, you know who the horse DP is. Yes. That is Shofar's father. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Let me go. Let me get Tater Mare now. (laughs) So when I looked up what a Shofar was, it is is a ram horn trumpet that in biblical context is what 
Joshua Blue at the Battle of Jericho. That made the walls fall. Yes, sir. What made the walls fall down. Also, (laughs) you know, with the return of Jesus Christ, you know, the angels will blow blow the shofar. But in, you know, Middle Eastern political sense, um, it signifies, you know, the start of a war, the starting of a hunt, or the exchange of power to a new king. And... I asked I, when I read that I was like, man, because David David is aware that, I mean DP's like twenty four or something like he's aware that DP's getting to retirement age, and uh, so when he when he told me that I was like, man, why do you have to name him something like that? Because <laughs> now I got to make sure I do everything I can to make sure he lives up to that. And so, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool dang name. I, at first, I was like, ah, I'm not too sure about it. But after I read the context of it, I, I thought it was a pretty cool name. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying like, I what whatever tater is in Arabic, that's what we'll call the horse. <laughs> tater like potato. What is but what is potato in Farsi? Potato <laughs> in Farsi. <laughs> Just dude, I mean seriously, the the Tater Alien video, it's just consuming my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, Tater like well, potato. It's potato. It's potato. So we'll just name the baby potato. (laughs) Man, hold on, it's potato. Yeah, it's potato. That just like that's. What I was saying earlier about there's just such a nice crop of stallions coming up. Like, Shofar is nice. As I said earlier, Travis McKnight's Dragoon oh. is nice. Jade's new little dude is going to be a – he's just he's already a looker. Okay, so so let's – Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was wrong. I was wrong. Sorry. We will call the baby Seeves and Meanie. That's mean. It means ground apple. It it means ground apple in Farsi. So, so there there is something that I want to bring up, and I know we've been at this a while, but I do want to bring up this, and I want to do it in a way to say thank you. Um, so over the course of the last couple months, um. There has been a genetic disease that has shown up in a few of the Marsh Tacky horses. Now, it's not the majority; it is very much the the minority, as we have found. Right. Um, PSSM one. Um, well, that at this point we at this point it's public. We we made it put the statement out there already. We found PSSM one as well as MYHN. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I- exactly. Yeah. My hat is off to the organization because if you had brought it up, you know, yep. to any other organization, you know, AQHA, any of the others, and, and, and they've dealt with this. It is awesome to me that the Marsh Tacky Association, the Carolina Marsh Tacky Association, has footed the bill to get horses tested for these genetic diseases 
in in order to get it under control. That is awesome and, to me. Yeah, and and as a board, that was one thing we that was kind of my big point. I, I was a, a huge proponent of trying to get the data collected to see just how big of a problem it is because we didn't like it popped up on a few we weren't really sure how big of a like issue it was i mean for each individual horse it's a huge issue like it changed it's a it's a life-changing issue yes we didn't know if how big of the pop of our population was affected by it and so that was a big thing for me like we need that like we need numbers we need to be able to say okay of the ones we tested this is how many we have that are you know affected by this and there were some very long and sometimes difficult conversations that took place to to make a decision on how we handle it and i think we're handling it phenomenal the best way we possibly could you know there's some you know there's going to be pushback from people and a lot and everything you're you're never going to get a hundred percent say one thing yeah, you're never. No matter what it is what, that we do, we'll never. You're never going to get a hundred percent satisfaction out of everybody. But if I can get everybody on the same page to understand one thing is that us trying to find out to test these horses and get this thing, you know, under control and 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 out of where we don't have to worry about it anymore is that us testing these horses and trying to find out what horses are affected or what horses you know are at risk is not in any shape way shape or form uh us trying to tear down something that has been established or trying to you know make someone look bad or say that anyone did anything wrong or anybody didn't do something the right way or somebody did something foul it's to to make sure that we are protecting what our founders in this association worked so hard to preserve and to to work towards and to keep working in that direction. Absolutely. At no point do I ever want. And I, t- I told someone this the other day. I no, I'm I bust my tail on this genetic disease stuff, and I I have lost sleep over it, and I have it has racked my brain. I have literally given. I'm self-employed, and I have quit work there was a week where i only worked on genetic disease stuff because it bothers me so bad that and i don't i don't want at any point to ever anybody to ever say well such and such didn't do didn't do enough or they did this person didn't do it the right way or this that and the like at the end of the day it's about these horses and it's not about the people but the people that were involved with these horses during the founding of our association we owe owe a huge debt of gratitude to for what they did to get us working towards this direction absolutely to them to pick up knowing what we know now to pick up and keep moving forward in preserving these horses and it and i that's my soapbox and i stand on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've got some uh not not to change the subject we have some breaking horse news um multiple uh greatest stakes winner including the 2021 uh grade one woodward and the 2023 uh pegasus world cup invitational winner uh art collector uh was euthanized um today Mm. shit 
after uh, developing laminitis. Damn it. So heart heart goes out to all those connections with Art Collector that stinks. Yeah. Uh, golly, that stinks. But it, it, it can happen to any horse. It it can. It truly can. It's just, you know, uh, it's always the good ones, though. You ever notice yeah. that? It's always the ones, like, that have a good following. It's just like, ugh. Well, and I, th- I think it was you that sent it to me, that last video footage of Secretariat before he was. Uh, him playing in his paddock, yeah. Dang, son of a bitch, that brought a tear to my fucking eye. Oh my god! If you can, if you don't watch, there's two things in this world that don't make you cry. Uh, that is the uh, as a man, that's the end of the movie Fly the Intruder. Mm-hmm. Cole Virgil Cole, so and do it for me, uh, do it to me, Sandy. I do it for you. <laughs> and Secretary playing in the paddock just a few days before he died. Fuck. And if you have not seen that, Colin, I will send it to you. Oh, I, oh, I, I, I have. And it, it Cole just... Virgil Cole. You're not having fun. Just go ahead and eject. Screw it, man. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> Will of the foe is like, oh my god, he was so awesome Will in that movie. This is not a movie podcast. I'm telling you, folks. If you've never, if you like war movies, go watch Flight of the Intruder. It is cheesy. It it rode the coattails of Top Gun, you know, but it was an amazing movie. Um, has Will of the foe in it and. You know he's a he's a bombardier navigator, uh, you know, on a two man, you know, A six intruder in Vietnam, and he's a he's a complete hard ass, been there, done that type character, and oh my gosh, it is awesome, that that and them singing downtown as they're bombing Hanoi. <laughs> downtown, where are the lights so bright? <laughs> I love that, but but him laying. Laying with the bushes tied around him, painting his face. His back's broke, you know. <laughs> and he's just like, do it, Sandy. I'd do it for you. I'm telling you, if if you don't get choked up there, I'm sorry, buddy. Titanic ain't <laughs> shit. Cole Virgil Cole will hurt you. If you cried during Titanic, I'm just... Uh, you know... I, it just didn't do nothing. So I, and I'm a I'm a Titanic file. Don't get me wrong. Not the movie, but the actual boat. Same. I, I mean, you're, me and you have talked about this. If, if it comes to anything history, yeah. event related, me and you both are just like, Ugh. yes. And and the thing about Titanic is, is, if you own the DVD set, just put in the second disc and watch it from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that before or after the steamy hot car sex? That's after, man. Okay, that's after. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, it's right after because they're up on deck, you know, looking at the iceberg go by, you know? <laughs> and like, and like the second DVD opens with Captain Smith on the bridge. Let's hold on. Trying to let's get ju- a, let's a just give a, what's going on. Let, let's just give a brief hats off to Gaelic Storm and their performance in that movie. Gaelic Storm. That that was the band, the Irish band that played when she did her little. Oh really? Tip-toe ballerina. That was a real band. I yes. did not know yes. that. Gaelic oh, so I, here's a I, here's something horse related about the movie Titanic. So there was a couple went and saw the movie in '97, like everybody did. I think I saw it like 14 times in '97, mm-hmm. and 
that was like the thing to do. Like, you know, this is before smartphones. So what did you do? You went with your friends and you watched whatever was popular. Titanic was popular. So yeah. we all went and watched Titanic like 14 friggin' times. Um, but there was a couple at that time uh, that owned a carriage company out in the southwest and they watch titanic and they cringe like most horse people do when leonardo dicaprio runs by those draft horses because he just snatches one around by the face yeah and you're, you're just like oh god leo <laughs> and like i love leo Le- leo's an awesome actor F- like, i love I, I, i'm yeah. not damn it jack you deserve to draft yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it, there wasn't room for you. You, you know dick. there wasn't room for you on that door, David. But uh, but and don't get me wrong, I love Leo. I think Leo's an an awesome. He's an amazing actor. Like it just if you've never seen, first of all, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not gonna go into that one. Nope. This is a family show. Well, but number two after know, that, just, Django. Sorry, Django. Oh Got to bring that. Gosh, oh, man. him and Django. Y'all just got me. So I, I have been, and, and hold on, and I don't want to change the subject. On, I'm just going to say this real quick. From his uh, involvement in, uh, uh, what was it? Trapper era film. Oh, uh, something, the, uh, oh, hey, he got it. Finally the got an in, uh, for that. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, attacked by the grizzly bear, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, that yeah. point on, to me, is Leo DiCaprio's high point. Yeah, but he came like, into his like own. Him... Then. No, 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 no. You, sir, sir, have you not seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? True, true. That's a good one. I mean, do we got to go there? Because we will go there. I could have dwelled in the Gilbert. revenant. The Revenant. That's what I was thinking earlier. The Revenant. Sorry. The yes. Revenant. Yeah. My man, my man, who is super intelligent, by the way, played a mentally diminished child yes. when he was a child. Yes. To a T and made you believe he had an affliction. Yes. Yes. Hats That's true. off to Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. And he's and he's here's the thing about like I'm just not a movie podcast, but like come on, Leo. I was just thinking, I was like, if you you could put the three of us together and we could just host a movie podcast, I, well, a history me and Jay, podcast, I, a music podcast, you, you have no podcast. idea well, what's coming down the pipe. Me, me, well, and I'll go I'll go ahead and announce it. So Jay and I have been green greenlit by the network to do uh, a music podcast. Mm, we nice. we just. We just can't do it the way we did the pilot episode because they said that was not going to happen. We'd never get a sponsor. Too much profanity. Because we shit, well, we shit on everybody, and it was well, too much profanity. Funny. It's funny that you know I said earlier when I was talking about you know my whole horse story that like me and Jade have like early like similar backstories like coming from the gated horse. The gated horse, yeah. Like he like he comes from the music like he's so deep in the music stuff and everything and when I first met him I was like I didn't know anything about all this bluegrass and everything else and being you know <laughs> famous and all this shit that Jade is in different circles like, I was pretty like, well known right and then I'm like and I got to thinking about it before earlier today after Jade messaged me about doing a podcast and I was like you know what I keep finding things that make me and Jade so similar because little unknown fact that most people don't know about me was I am a used to was 
formerly, again, in a previous life, a uh, classically trained singer. Like, award-winning. Like, no I, shit. I was a classical in music theater. Yeah. I screamed into a microphone in an emo band once. Yeah, I saw those videos. <laughs> so, pigs and Pearls. Oh, no, but, if but, you but, haven't oh, been to Pigs and Pearls, so, get a ticket now. Tell I did. So, so back to what I was. So back to what I was originally talking about. So there was a couple watching Titanic when it first came out, and they cringed because they owned a carriage company and owned draft horses. Uh, when they saw the horses in Titanic, Leo grabbing their face. Fast forward like three or four years they're at an auction and guess what they see at the auction that pair of horses <laughs> they buy that pair of horses and they live out their days as carriage horses for these people the same horses that were in titanic that's awesome that's awesome i thought you were going to say that they offered them they lowballed them on their price because they watched their those horses get their face that's right around that's right yeah they, they 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 went there Let's 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 just take uh, a second to give an honorable mention to uh, Mr. Mark Hudson, who was supposed to be here for all of this. Man, <laughs> yeah, hats, hats off, hats off to Mark in spirit. R.I.P. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, I hope uh, he's all right. He's fine. Listen, he got he, lost in track supply. Hey, he he he's made it through the entire intro. He made it through the entire He's intro. Not, even, <laughs> lost not even. It counted down. We got there. Like, it counted down. Five, four, three, two, one. And Listen. Mark just exited the chat. Was gone. My, my, my man has got... He went for two bags of shavings, but we know what happened. He got two bags... He ended up buying the log splitter. He's done bought a log splitter. He's done bought a log splitter, and he's at home right now starting it on WD-40. It's all right, uh, Mark. We're, we're going to tag you in this. Yeah. He he bought a package of leather laces that he just might need because you know he's you know he might he might just <laughs> need leather laces floating around. He bought two blocks of that deer cane, and he's looking at a wash tub full of chicks right now, <laughs> trying to figure out if he if he needs some Polish lace or uh, lace wine dots or something. He's asking the lady if they got a box to fit about four Jersey Giants in. Man. Oh god! Oh man! It's you know it's kind of like it's kind of like they're Marines and <laughs> you're Buford. Just, just keeping that analogies rolling. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's it's like a lab in Kingstree, and you're Kingstree. <laughs> I, I could do quit. this all day. I quit. <laughs> Whose dog they're is that? It's not mine this time. I got time. very ticked off blue they're, leather again. They're, <laughs> they're, they're peach trees in your, your Edgefield County. <laughs> Man. I just want to say, since, you know, Ryan lives in Georgia and everything, but... <clears throat> Georgia, what? Produces more peach, South Carolina produces more peaches than Georgia. <clears throat> I'm, just I'm a South Carolinian, sir. You have, you have a bulldog hat on, sir. Well, that's because I've got good taste. I, I'm, I'm just going to uh, say it right now. That's still Drew or Colin Drew has a Kentucky dog back there in the background. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, he, come that, from, he come from Auburn, Kentucky. Oh, my man, listen, my my dog who's six months old has flown on a plane before I have. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, my man really doesn't get out very much. He hitched a ride. He hitched a ride on a on a aircraft. It's eight weeks old. No. 
Shout out to shout out to Sean Fleming from Revelry Brewing Company for getting me my dog from Kentucky. <laughs> and for my, making it and for, and for making a phenomenal cream ale, marshy and beer. Oh yeah, I've, <laughs> he is. That, that, uh, yeah. Whoo, the Martians. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you the Martians. I'll do you in quick. Um, I don't. I don't know what the horsepower rating is on them things, but uh, it'll it'll. It's you up know, there. It's good yeah, enough. It's like a full. I tell you, I don't hit even you. drink craft beer, but when he popped the can top of one of those for me for the first time, I was like, "So game Yeah, me and me and Jade kept going up there buying raffle tickets to get a sampling for each other. <laughs> yeah, he's what got a, he's got a porter too that's really good. Yeah, I don't do I don't do dark like that. I oh, can't man. do dark beer. Mm. I'm a Guinness guy, like, and I drink my Coors Banquet. But you give me a Guinness at room temperature, uh, I might show you my underwear. <laughs> Dear Lord. Hey, but before I forget, before we get off of here, for sure, go ahead and uh, tell everybody who's listening, you know, clue them into all the things we got going on uh, in the Marsh Tacky world. We talked about it earlier. We got the uh, the Jim coming up. That'll be the first weekend in October. Uh, that's open to all breeds. There will be some Marsh Tacky specific classes. Um, Tater Mayor is going to be there. But there's a large but. group of us who are going to go camp and oh, hang out. And the, the, the real fun is going to be sitting around, listening to music, cooking some good food. Listen, anytime we have an event where we there's camping involved, uh, y'all can count on Colin Drew to go drop like $300 at the grocery store and just cook barbecue should, and tailgate food all week. I'm going to be 100% black, honest Should I bring my Blackstone? That's, hey, the more the merrier. Well, I, at, the, at the annual meeting, I made a Boston, I smoked a Boston butt one day. Uh, we made jalapeno poppers. And I made pickle poppers. It's like a jalapeno popper, but with a pickle ooh, spear. In it. I'll have, I'll have a freezer full of doves by then. We can make some dove poppers. I'm down. I am, I need to find somewhere to go. I, I'm going to be 100% um, I got a place for you. You just, let oh. me know. Jade's gonna come hunt with me this year. Listen, yep. I will bring the old, the old Remington, and is it eleven hundred? Please say it's eleven hundred. Yes, sir. That's what I hunt with. I hunt yes, with a Remington eleven hundred. With the, with the modified, with the yes, modified sir. Barrel on it. You don't That's right. You don't get to change the jokes. Yes, sir. Only two and three quarters. We'll come let that thing. I'll come out there and sit on a bucket and some shorts and let that thing eat. That is me. I, gotta, I wear. A, so we might even bust the. We might even bust the old bird dog, old boy and spaniel out of retirement. I, I got man. I'm telling you, I got I got a better bird dog than all of y'all put together. Her name is Reagan. She's ten years old. And, uh, she, she she's bi, she is bipedal. She, I can't try to get her to run on all fours, and she keeps going, Daddy, that hurts my back. Hey, you leave but, her alone. You leave her alone. I use, my my daughter is the best bird dog. Your daughter and my daughter are besties now. So oh my god, Colin, let me tell you, them two. So like my daughter, I'm a nerd. Let's just face it. J- Jade's a nerd. Colin, you're a nerd. Yeah, and we all are. But my daughter, like sometimes I look at my daughter and I'm like, nerd, <laughs> and which is a lot for me. Them two get together. They have like grown adult philosophical conversations about animals. Yeah, that's how kids work, man. I'm telling you, like they'll just you listen to them talk, and you'll be like, you have they'll have you over there contemplating the whole purpose of life. 
Oh yeah. And then like Jade, Reagan's already told me to tell you. Said to to make sure that I told her. She make sure you tell her daddy. And I'm like, I will. I was like, but you know, everybody's different. Not everybody's like you, and everybody has different ways of doing things. But if she ever gets a phone, or she ever has social media, or she ever plays Roblox online, you're talking about Hadley. Yes. Well, she's getting a phone for her birthday, so. Okay. Reagan, she wants to know if, if she, Reagan wants to know if she can have her number. Absolutely. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've met my kid. I got a good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. she doesn't take from her dad. Take it from her dad. <laughs> No, she just <laughs> I am so glad my children took after their mom, not only in looks, but in sense, because your boy has gotten just none. Zero. Oh, I met you one time in person. I know. But that, this is... <laughs> Listen, this is this is why we're, you know, all all good, all besties. Yeah. But no, we got that that'll be the Gym Con will be fun and then we're playing that tower shoot in uh, November. 